people who smoke weed are stupid. You're listening to the only podcast in the universe where clothing is optional, but pot is not. Broadcasting from FEMA Region 7, it's Bowl After Bowl with your hosts, Lorian and Spencer. Bowl After Bowl, Pelly's sick. Bowl After Bowl. Bowl After Bowl. Bowlafterbowl.com. I feel stupid now. Um, it's the weed. Let's blame it on the weed, everybody. Dope smoking. Dope smoking. Lots of weed. Dope smoking. Dope smoking. Yeah, dope smoking. Smoking dope. Yeah, what else are you going to do? <laughs> yeah, in the bowl. What else are you going to do with the bowl on a Tuesday night? Feeling all right? It is November 16th, 2021, and you're listening to episode 114, Bowl After Bowl. I'm Sir Spencer Wolf of Kansas City. And I'm Dame DeLorean. Go and- ahead. Take your clothes off. Get comfortable. Try it. Try it. We're all friends here in the bowl. And uh, you, you hearing this? You're a bowler. Look at that. Just like that. It's that easy. That's all you got to do. Tuning in. Well, thank you for listening. Uh, if you're listening live on the bowl stream or on the no agenda stream. Or if you're listening in the future on your favorite podcast app, we thank you for tuning in and being here with us got some things to discuss lots of stuff happening all around in the world all around in the world but the first thing we always like to kick it off right at the beginning before we do anything else just by thanking everybody thanking everybody for producing the show because we couldn't do it without you it's not just uh me and Lorian here it's all the bowlers together all the bowlers together uh starting off with as always uh no debit for giving us this lovely bowl stream that we stream on. Woohoo! Thank you, No Debit. And you can find that by clicking on Listen Live at bowlafterbowl.com and uh, listen along every Tuesday night. And uh, you can watch us on the uh, No Agenda socials. We always post when we're going to potentially have a Bowls with Buds episode, which we do periodically. And uh, no news on that uh, just quite yet. We are working on getting a few people scheduled for future bulls with buds episodes but if you want to look at all of our past bulls with buds you can always check them out at bullswithbuds.com that filters out all the uh interview shows that we've done uh talking to our buds having a bowl in the bowl which is always fun um thank you first of all to our paypal donors including the top dog for today circus media oh circus media he's back baby with a 42-33. Look at those magic Ooh. numbers. In fact, he has a note. Some magic numbers for the sexiest <laughs> podcast in the universe. Haven't been in the bowl live much lately, but I am still passing the bowl across space and time. If the bong is missing in rotation, I'm not bogarting. Please just jiggle the handle, Circus Media. Aww. This one is for you, Circus Media. Oh, yeah. Nice and deep. Keep going. Keep going. Clear it. Oh, man. Oh, shit. That was a big rip. Thank you, Circus Media. Also, C-Dubs. Yeah, C-Dubs. Coming in with his monthly stonation of 420. Thank you. Of course, we got got some boosts as well. We got some boosts during the week uh, from anonymous peoples through CurioCaster. So no boost to grams. 
but I'm going to play the... Boostagram! Anyway, don't boostagrams, but CurioCaster and on, we see you boosting out there. Thank you so much. Thank you for the value for value. And uh, for everybody else, we want to remind you the first rule. First rule of being a smoker is it's bad manners to keep bumming all the damn time. So value for value means that we put it out there, and we just ask that you would just kind of decide what's the value to you. Do you get value out of the show? Are you listening to the show? Uh, you can put that value back in a bunch of different ways. There's so many ways to be a part of the gang here at Bull After Bull. Whether it's streaming sats uh, and the boostograms, you can do those at all of the podcast apps that say value on them. When you go to newpodcastapps.com, just pick one and try it out. Pick another one, try it out. Pick four or five of them, try them all out. Uh, as Abel Kirby says, You better be streaming sats. That's right. Stream uh, those sats to us. In fact, Abel Kirby made an awesome pledge of only streaming sats to value-enabled shows. It's the only way he'll listen to him now, uh, which is very noble, and I want to jump on that wagon uh, very soon. I'm trying to get some more um, sats to be able to do that with. And we've got some uh, sat stuff to talk about a little bit later. Yeah, but, sat stuff. Uh, I also want to up front thank, because we never do this up front, even though we probably should more often, but I want to thank Reverend Cybertrucker for always giving us the metal moment every week. Oh, hell yeah. Because it's a really great segment to kind of launch us back into, uh, it's like a it's like a kind of seventh inning stretch. You know, you stand up, you get the metal on, you start jamming out, uh, and it really helps to kind of bring energy. Hell yeah, it's a pick-me-up. Um, as we enter the last part of the show. So thank you so much. Reverend Cybertrucker for being on that every week. And he's always uh, hyping it up on the socials, too, which I love. Yeah, we love you, Rev. Uh, You can always also contribute to our voicemail line. Every week we ask you about the first time you ever did a thing. Uh, This week, thanks to uh, Sir Seat Sitter, it's the first time I ever ran a stop sign. So all you got to do is pick up your phone and... Call 816-607. And I just checked and there is one voicemail in the hopper. So if you do have a running stop sign story, give us a call 816-607-3663 and leave your voicemail. We can also accept ran a stop light. Just for the oh. night. Just I'm just throwing that out there. Yes. It's acceptable. Um, or anything else. It doesn't always have to be about the first time I ever topic. Oh, that's uh, right. Like the f- high flying Hawaiian. All right, the high fly Hawaiian. He got in there. He left a he left a good rabbit hole about uh, just kind of the coof in general. A lot of stuff he had to get off his chest. And we're happy to play all that, all that kind of stuff. Uh, it's another way to contribute value and content to the show. You can also always email story ideas to. Spencer at bowlafterbowl.com. Or Lorian, L-A-U-R-I-E-N, at bowlafterbowl.com. And, uh, yeah, all of those great ways. We're also doing some um, lightning network engineering projects as we go along. So mainly just setting up people with channels who are getting noted up. We recommend, of course, podcasters do uh, run a full node. And the reason for that is that's kind of the best way to have full autonomy over your sats when you're being streamed sats as a podcaster in this podcasting 2.0 ecosystem. You know, I've had people messaging me over the past week, uh, and they're kind of like asking me, Spencer, do you really 
think that all podcasters would be able to get fully noted or like, you know, I feel like I need to learn a bunch of code or like decipher a bunch of things and I'm just not technically inclined or, um, what, what would you say, Lorian, to somebody who asked me that? Oh, you just got to get in the car and drive. You just got to go for it. You'll figure it out as you go along. So Lorian got noted up and, uh, how much code do you know, Lorian? Little to none, basic HTML. <laughs> Does that count for anything anymore? I suppose, yeah. Very basic. When, when you I say mean, basic HTML, what do you mean? I just want to, uh, I'm just curious. I'm just curious. Like, give me the alligator mouth, the, B to bold. Okay. Uh, you know, slashes and <laughs> that kind of stuff. Okay, there you have it. So if you if you know that B is bold, you can still get fully noted. <laughs> I don't think you would have to know that because that has nothing to do with the node. That's true. That's true. Now, Umbral makes it super easy and... Uh, we run two different kinds of nodes. We run an umbral and we run a raspy blitz. And I would say like, if you are a big Mac head, umbral is the way to go. If you are like a Linux command line kind of guy, raspy blitz will be your friend. Um, there are a couple, there are a bunch of other node solutions actually. Um, if you want to go the route of paying, either monthly or you can do a year subscription and you don't want to run a node, you want Voltage to run your node. That was the first service we ever used was a Voltage. And I knew nothing about nodes and I just dove in. Like when we first started listening to Podcast 2.0 and they were telling us about this system and they kind of, I mean, it was so hard to figure out, you know, how to get in and how to play along back then. And it's just getting easier over time as more options come on and as more people get onboarded. And as more documentation gets written out, um, things are more accessible than ever right now. And it's still so early. Everything is still being built in the process of being built. So uh, another thing that uh, a concern that was brought to me was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to read boostograms because, you know, over the, la- over the past few weeks, all of us who are getting boostograms, we're talking about how it's, it's kind of tough to find. You know, you have to run Python scripts on uh, RTL invoices, like CSV files that we download. And if you're not familiar with code or command line or anything like that, you're just like, what is, what are all these letters even mean? You know, you're just saying a bunch of letters. Um, in fact, it might sound a little bit like you're just talking about, uh, uh, luckily, they're in the process of building an app that will just read those boostograms uh, off of your node. And Dave Jones is working on getting it Dockerized and putting it into the Umbral store, the Umbral app store. Wow. So sweet. Eventually, that'll just be a thing. You'll just click, click and you'll get a it. sexy little UI that just pops it up, just like a, any other email program. Um, I know C-Dubs is kind of working with me in the background, not only on reading boostograms, but also building kind of a cool front-facing UI to look at it in. I am actually uh, on the second day in of going back to the coding school. Ooh, yeah, you are. And it's kind of, I don't know, re-sparked a little bit of coding flame in my heart, which had completely died out. I'm not going to lie. It <laughs> completely died out. And uh, it was like, so I graduated from a boot camp this past winter. It was like February, I think, or March. I think February when we officially, my, my little class officially graduated from like a four-month boot camp. Um, you get what's called a reset privilege where you can go back 
and resit any of the classes for a year after you graduate. So this is kind of the last chance. This program that is currently in session was my last chance to get in on that. So I asked them for the schedule, and it turns out um, last time through, we had a week, they told us, of React, uh, but that really ended up being only two days that we're, we, we were actually in React and using React. Hmm. Now they've expanded that to two weeks of React. Wow. And it's all single-page React applications. And the instructor teaching these two weeks was one of my, was my favorite guy uh, from the class last year. And he's kind of redone all of his personal site stuff in React. So he showed us all the stuff that we're going to be building out, and I'm pretty excited. I kind of want to use that as the focus for uh, when I finally redo the bull after bull page, which that's coming. I want to give that to myself as like a Christmas present, or us as a Christmas present. That would be a great Christmas present. Or you bowlers as the Christmas present. For all of us. Because who wants to click on that sad-ass WordPress site still? I mean, I'm so embarrassed by it by this point. But... Um, we've been the past two days just working on APIs and we built a couple different APIs and we built an API last time around too, but it just wasn't really, it was almost that and the react part of the course last year were almost kind of like a weird afterthought that had no like cohesive connection to the other stuff that we did. The other stuff we did was all MVC apps on the .NET framework. And, and then we just took this weird week to like look at, oh, this is an API. Oh, this is React. Oh, we'll make a little to-do list in React. Okay, now back into the .NET framework. So it was just like a weird little sidecar thing when I took it last time. Now this time, they're building out the API, and then they're going to teach us front-end React to work in uh, tandem with an API that you build, which changes everything. All, all kinds of stuff nowadays runs basically off of API interaction. And the podcast index is is an API. I mean, that's the big that's the big deal of it. It's a big back-end database with all of the podcasts in it, all four and a half million or however many they have archived now. And then you just use API calls to interact with it and to use it, develop to develop apps that you call on that API. So I gotta tell you, the stuff that I was looking at today just turned on so many light bulbs and I was just like, oh my God, this is this is this is what I need to be doing. This is the secret. This is the key. You know, this is how I'm going to get from where I am to where I have been dreaming of going for so long. Uh, So that's just going to be some stuff that crops up in the future. It's two weeks I'm taking, but Thanksgiving week they have off, which is tight. So basically I'm taking this week and then a break and the next week. It's like the ideal reset because anybody who knows me understands that school is like the thing I hate the most out of all of my experiences so far. I almost, I almost would rather go to the hospital than go to school. Ugh. As fucked up as that is to say, like, oh my god, very fucked up to say. I just hate school that much. It just hurts me. It just hurts me. <laughs> my brain does not want to engage. It's really hard to stay focused on that sort of a presentation where it's like they they have to address the whole class and they have to, you know, if it was a one on one situation, I'm just talking to one person then we can jive because I can ask questions and get, you know, move quickly get to where I'm going and like skip stuff that I don't need and all of that kind of stuff. But whew, classroom settings, man, I don't know. But at least it's online. And then I get distracted by other stuff that's going on in the world. And then it's like, I want to be pulled in nine different directions. Check my email, that kind of thing. You know, they're still doing all their classes virtually. All yes, of them. All of them. That's wild. All of them. All of them. Yep. But that's easier for most people. 
It's true. Yeah. Plus, then they can have students from literally anywhere. I honestly would have had a... I would have thought about it a lot harder and maybe not done it if it was in person, to be honest <laughs> no with joke. you. No uh, joke. But yeah, no, it's all remote, so... Yeah, roll out of bed, Scroob- go to school. Scroobity doobity it. Uh, let me see. I have a couple other off-chain, on-chain notes. Did you buy the dip? I did. Bowlers, have you bought the dip? I saw that uh, like 10,000 Bitcoins got pulled off of an exchange and moved over to Binance and maybe sold. I don't know. Like a, It's whale games. Whale games going on. Mm. Um, it's going on sale. Maybe even further. Who knows? Uh, strike kind of fucked me gently today. And I don't really want to get all up in arms about it or all stupid right off the button. But uh, it was just kind of weird. Um, the, the first two times, this is the third time I've bought through strike and I buy through a lot of different, uh, means over time. And I don't like, I don't buy every week or all the time or all this, but when opportunity strikes, when I have the, you know, the cash around and it's a good time or when I wake up and I see it's like incredibly low, I'm like, Oh, I'll go go again. I'll go again. And today was just kind of one of those days where the stars align and I made my strike deposit. And then it was like, Oh, your Bitcoin purchase isn't working now. Try again later. And, you know, that was at like, it was like 58.9 or 59 flat, something like that. Somewhere in there, you know. And I was like, ah, I want it. I want it. And so by the time I like emailed support, it jumped up like 800 bucks oh. <laughs> in like 15 minutes, right? Yeah. And so then I'm sending another email, another email, like kind of, I'm getting agitated, right? Because... Uh, over that hour, it went, it went up a thousand bucks basically. And I was just like, you know, they did the standard reply, which I mean, you kind of got to do as tech support, I guess. I, I understand it somewhat where it's like, thanks for bringing this known issue to our attention. Like we're working on it until, until it's resolved, you won't be able to buy Bitcoin. But you know, I'm just like, can you tell me more information? Can you tell me why? Can you tell me what the fuck is going on? Because you know, I don't want to necessarily use a service that's just going to flip the switch on me for no reason or for like a, a known issue that is ambiguous. I don't know. Um, and he ended up citing that uh, some third party services were down that facilitate the actual uh, Bitcoin side of things. And um, in fact, they did, they did send out um, some tweets earlier about it mm. directly. Which of course I had pulled up, and now well, who knows where they are? But that's pretty lame. I know, and you know, it's like I understand shit happens on the one hand, so it's like, like I said at the beginning, I don't want to like just jump up their assholes just because this one thing happened this one time. But it's always like, uh, it's always like, hey, you know, you want your service to always work, and you don't want to be a Robin Hood who just turns the thing off when people are winning. Uh, Here we go. We're aware of users reporting issues with our services and we're actively investigating. We can confirm all issues are due to outages with external partners. We expect them to be resolved shortly. We apologize for any inconvenience and sincerely appreciate your patience. We can confirm only Bitcoin purchases and sales are experiencing downtime due to multiple partner outages. All cash deposits, withdrawals, and payments are operational and functioning correctly. So, like, if you're tipping with Strike or if you're sending money through Strike, all of that was fine. It was just the buying and selling of Bitcoin specifically um that we had that we had a problem with uh they say we will continue to post updates here on twitter and encourage all users to engage with our support team support at strike.me which i did 
Our team is aware and resourced to assist you. So I kind of did press. I had to press a couple of times to actually get uh, the answers to my questions, but they pretty much said that same thing. Third party, uh, third party services are down. So you know that that sucks when you have that kind of single point of failure on a third party service built baked into your system. It's kind of a bummer because the other times I made my deposit and my Bitcoin purchase within a minute. Right. And both because of, you know, noticing certain price and wanting certain prices. Now, another thing that's kind of stinky about strike is it's just buy. So they have the price and you just buy. Right. And, uh, you know, as opposed to like Coinbase Pro, where you can put a limit order in, where you can just say, I want to purchase this much Bitcoin at this price. And then if the price hits that and your order is taken by somebody selling it, then it, you know, it goes through. But if the price goes up and you put a low price in, you, you know, your order doesn't get. Yeah, it doesn't go through. Right. I don't know. There's pros and cons. The nice thing about Strike is there's no fee to trade it. Hmm. But uh, yeah, that's that's my experience today. Just uh Honestly, how it was. How so, it was for me. But they took your money when the Bitcoin price went up, or you just didn't get a purchase made? It, it still ended up working, and it hovered. It went back down just a tiny bit. I mean, it didn't go down. I didn't it buy. It wasn't where you actually bought. I didn't grab below 60, but uh, I'm not sure what it's at now. Let's take a look, shall we? We shall. And uh, Check the Bitcoin while price. While looking at that, let's see what else. Oh, for those guys who are non-coiners... Because I know that this section kind of is uh, brain moisturizer. Oh, yeah, 59.5 now. 59.5 now. Yeah, look at that. It's gone sale. Uh, that's about what it was when I first saw it, which is hilarious. Um, anyway, non-coiners, if you want to take like a basic crash course in Bitcoin, was something I stumbled upon. This girl from Bitcoin Magazine put together this 21 Days of Bitcoin program. If you go to b.tc slash 21 days, the number 21, b.tc slash 21 days you can sign up for this uh basics of bitcoin course and every day you'll get an email for the for those 21 days and then i think there's like a quiz at the end and they give you sats uh c dubs points out there's no non-coiners just pre-coiners yeah you know i really think on a long enough timeline everybody's gonna have to like curry says you know you're gonna have to eventually have a bitcoin strategy of some sort you know i think that's pretty true um We'll see. We'll find out. I, I don't really like to necessarily jam it down people's throats because people are going to figure it out on their own time and uh, at their own, I don't know. Everyone will get in at the price they deserve. Everybody will figure it out at the time, you know. I was telling my buddy uh, back when it was like high 30s, low 40s, I was like, dude, this like it's on, it went down and it went on sale because the ATH was like, you know, 56 or something. And then it went down to the 40s and 30s. And it was funny because I was scrolling through some of my uh, transaction histories from earlier in this year, too, where I was like all jitty in May getting in at 48 and 47. Uh, and then there's 33.3 and 34 and 39. And so, you know, Bitcoin's been low this year at certain times and it has had heavy dips. And so, you know, this current dip is still above all the previous ATHs at the beginning of the year. And then he just uh, got got at me like last week and was saying, all right, we finally going to transfer some money over into Bitcoin. Like what wallet should I use? Which is like always the question it comes mm -hmm. back to. What wallet should I use? What wallet should I use? And uh, 
honestly, my suggestion is to use a lot of different wallets. Use a lot of them. Use a bunch of different wallets, you know? You'll you'll get a feel for them, and then you'll like some and you'll hate some for certain reasons, you know? And it also depends a little bit on what you want to do with it. Like, if you're holding it for a long time, if you want to bank vault, jam it in somewhere and never touch it, hardware wallet's the way to go. Something that's air-gapped, that doesn't touch the internet, just put it on a hardware wallet. What kind of one? I don't know. I don't know. Because I've never used one personally yet. This is my next project. Um, Add it to the Christmas wish list. I was really going to start playing with hardware wallets until the node thing happened. And then I like used a lot of that uh, liquidity I had around to create these channels and stuff. So yes, as Phoenix pointed out, it hit 69 a week ago. It hit 69,420, in fact, at one point. Everyone was doing the hootie hoo about it. As you would. I mean, yes, it's a very magical number. Hey, it'll be up and down, and uh, now's a great opportunity. Whales are playing whale games. There's a lot of uh, price manipulation going on in the trading world. And uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. It's cool stuff. Uh, The most exciting thing going on in the Bitcoin world, in my opinion right now, though, is cold acid is, like, getting close to 92% synced on his new Raspy Blitz. Yeah. uh, he put the TV up on the dryer to show me, uh, where he was at. So that's cool. And, uh, getting that node. Yeah. 92.36% he says. Woo. So there's that. Um, ring of fire number three incoming. As soon as, as soon as he gets his stuff, uh, as soon as he gets his stuff synced, we'll go with another ring of fire. We'll make it happen. Very cool. And the last thing I have on my notes, podcasting 2.0, the recent podcasting 2.0, they talked about. How cool it would be to do Bitcoin contests. And like Dave was like, I can't believe nobody has given away Bitcoin yet. <laughs> on Wait show. a minute. Wait a minute. I said, Dave, Dave. I did a boostagram, in fact, <laughs> let him know. And then I also used the, this is what's so cool about Fountain, uh, the Fountain app, uh, fountain.fm is their website. I went into my old show, uh, if you guys recall, on the 420 special. We, yeah. We did a Sats giveaway for 420. That's right. And ended up being a 42,000 sat giveaway via the Sphinx tribe is the mechanism we used to do that. So we said, post a picture in our Sphinx tribe and the picture with the most boosts. I think we turned, we turned the, uh, message, the price to message up to 420, 420 sats. So every picture, uh, you paid 420 sats to post it. And then 42,000 sats was the giveaway. And like the most boosts on the picture won the prize. And it ended up being a tie between Booberry and Jim C. So they split the split the sats giveaway. But it's just a cool way to engage people. And you get other users boosting on the pictures. That's right. And um, it's just cool. It's, it's a cool little environment. And um, I don't know. Maybe we'll do something for Christmas. Yeah, that'd be maybe fun. We'll do something for Christmas. But... Uh, Yes, yes, it has been done. In fact, I'm interested to see if anybody else says anything, too, because it's possible Bull After Bull was the first podcast uh, to do a sat giveaway. So wow. On the... Uh, boost Backs, he does podcasting says. 2.0. Yeah, the Boost Backs. Boost Back. I love the Boost Backs. So uh, that's what I got. You were on Hawk Story last Thursday. I was. Was a big hit. It was a lot of fun. Got a lot of great feedback about that. You were great on there, by the oh, way. Oh, thanks. You got fucking hammered. Uh, that's how I do it when I'm a guest <laughs> on someone else's podcast. I came down here after the show and I was just like, I just smelled the air. I was like, whoa. 
I was uh, I got into that Booker's, you know, and then you just I was just feeling it that Mama's batch, man. My wife is down here. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Drinking my fucking cask-proof Booker's, dude, like the finest bourbon in the house. She's like, I only had one glass, <laughs> but I really did. Oh, that's great though. I just filled it like pretty much all the way. Yeah. Right? It was a little, it was uh, a very yeah. tall low I mean, ball. I mean, look at the bottle. Look at my poor bottle. It's low. It, it was less than half full. It was less than half full when yeah. I pulled the bookers out of the box, which you so neatly have kept it in all these years. And yeah. I had a great goddamn time. We did it have was a great so much fun. Time. It and was I was like fun. really excited to be in the fun. smoker by myself. Yeah, that was cool. And uh, yeah, it was. They so had a great awesome. goddamn time. And then this Thursday, you're going in the smoker. I know. So I warmed it up for you. I know. and uh, It's always hot in the smoker, though, so they didn't need me to warm it up. How could I follow that, though? You know, you just really... You finish the bookers. That's uh, how. <laughs> <laughs> Duh. And then at the in the post show, I'll bring you a tank seven. And I should probably try it. Yeah. That's uh, all. I don't know about all that, but yes, I will oh, be. Come on. I will be in the smoker <laughs> on Thursday. I don't know if I'm drinking all of that bookers right there. I don't think Booker's I really was, slaps you in the face, man. It was good. It was good, but I didn't feel like I was super hammered till the post show. I hope I kept it together well. I enough. would. I would say that probably nobody realized how hammered I was, even in the post show. Oh, I really? don't think. Yeah, because you you carry yourself really well. But there was some point during the show, and I can't remember exactly when it was, but I was like. Oh fuck, she's fucking hammered. I chatted you. I love you. You did no chat? spaces. You did DM me. I love because you. Because you in the told chat, me that the next like, day. You're like, I knew you were drunk <laughs> when you chatted me. I love you. I was no like, there's spaces. no doubt she's definitely wasted now. Um, but also the point when I realized I was hammered is when we were talking about Christopher Battles left a voicemail and asked what we would do, like what's our dream job, and I was talking about the bull after bull bowling alley. And uh, I was, we were talking about the kids, like have the kids gone bowling? And I was trying to describe the ramp that little kids can use. Oh, so right. They push the ball down a ramp and then it pretty much goes straight down the lanes if they've got it aimed correctly. And a little cheater for little tiny human resources. Yeah. Uh, and I could not think of the word ramp because I was just <laughs> blasted. <laughs> I mean, I had the... I had, was smoking out of the mushroom pipe. I had the bookers going. And I'm like, yeah, you know, it's like a hill with rails. And you, like, push the ball down. It's like a hump. It's a hump with rails. You're in the chat. You're like, it ramp. Ramp. Ramp is the word you're looking for. I rub ramp. <laughs> I rub ramp. So, oh, it's so much fun hanging out with Carolyn and Fletcher, though. Yeah, that I was a good one. love those guys. That was a good one. It's cool, too, because, you know, we're always, like, a package deal kind of thing. So it's fun to just hear you, just you. Uh, as a guest, that was that was fun for me too. I thought it was great. Yeah, oh, shucks. I thought it was a great one. Um, KC meetup we had. On oh Saturday. yes, we did. It was awesome. It was we a had fun a one. New person. That's right. Too shy to say something on the recording, but sh- she was there. She showed new up, person, and then she had a good time. Seemed like everybody oh, yeah. was. Uh, and th- yeah, it was like a fiesta. Lots of old uh, faces there. Lots of old people, <laughs> old, old people. friends, old friends came. That's right. And uh, one, yeah, one new new joiner. But yeah, we're getting pretty great regular turnouts. I did. This is the first one in a long time that I didn't do a promo for. And I was, uh, 
you know, I was going to do one the previous for the previous Sunday show. And then we went to the Joplin meetup mm-hmm. and I sort of volunteered myself to do the Joplin meetup, the meetup report, meetup report. Cause I had the, I had C Mike's equipment, um, which by the way, like the inputs weren't working. So I was like, boh, I had to use the built-in mic on the, uh, H4N, the zoom H4N. And, uh, it would have been fine if, uh, I kind of realized what I should have done was kind of interview style. Cause at the meetups, I usually just have it sitting somewhere at like a recording station and then people can come up and record their stuff and then walk away. But yeah. you kind of have to teach them how to hit record and then hit record again and then wear the phones and do their talk. Right. Well, another thing that I've noticed is when I have, I, I, I like my headphones a little hot so I can hear myself, but then a lot of people aren't used to hearing themselves in the headphones. And so they'll get, they'll get real close to the mic and then they'll talk real quiet like this. And it's hard to parse that out afterwards of, you know, when you're doing the edits, because it's like the waveform is so small and then you try to blow it up and it's a little bit distorted. And uh, I was like, I was like, you know what? I had an epiphany. I was like, I'll just do it like a roving reporter and I'll just wear the headphones and I'll just put the mic in people's faces and I can worry about how loud it is and all that shit, you know, and I'll just ask them. And then when they can't hear themselves, they'll just naturally talk. And it'll be much more natural. Yeah. You can move the mic accordingly. So we were in the Mes- Mexican restaurant, and this place is like a hallway. <laughs> a hallway. <laughs> it was like so narrow and wide, and everybody's just kind of like at long tables. Um, it's honestly, it's kind of like up on the stage at the round table that I always imagine when they're doing the nightings. Like, it's funny because in in my mind's eye in the nightings, the nightings have never been at a round table. It's always a long table like that up on a stage oh, yeah. in my imagination. I don't know why that is, but I ju- it just occurred to me when we did this meetup. But basically what I'm trying to say is the setup of the room made it so it was so awkward to like shift back and forth and try to do that roving reporter type thing that I just did the same thing. Plus, it, it got was, a station. It yeah. was all people that had already done it before, so I didn't really have to teach anybody how to do it again. But uh, in the future, I think, I don't know, because I think also the meetup reports, they're starting to get where people are having a tough time coming up with like what they want to say or like, you know, which meme they want to shout and stuff like that. And I'm, I'm thinking about, should we tra- kind of change directions on it? Like, I want to ask, like, why do you listen to no agenda or like what's no agenda mean to you? What's no agenda bring to you kind of a thing. Yeah. I think or, it'd be cool. Or, to or do the meetups too. Like why do you different. come to the meetups? What's cool to come, you know, something more promotional in that sense of like, yeah. What do you gain from coming to the meetups? Cause why should someone else come if they've, I've produced know? probably eight meetup reports or something like that. And from like the third one on, I cut off almost every in the morning. I cut because there's always like right. as was everyone like, starts with that. So there's like ten of them, you know. And when you're trying to get it under that one minute that they ask for, it's like, well, if I took out all the all the if, if I took out every in the morning, that's ten seconds right there. Yeah, right off the bat. So that's tough know. keeping it around a minute or it's, less than it's a minute. Tough keeping it less than a minute and keeping everybody in there because you don't want to be like oh, what you said wasn't good enough for the meetup report, you know? No. Like, I, don't, I don't feel like that. Like, everybody's cool and contributes, you know? And That's we right. have such a great group coming to the meetups. Like, I don't want to cut what they're saying out. But I also don't want to bug John and annoy him more than, like, absolutely necessary. Because you're not going to not annoy him, right? Right, yeah, that's... But, 
no, he he chuckled at our uh, <laughs> Rayla said, "Yeah, our four year old." Let's go, Brandon Princess. <laughs> yeah, I was like, "What?" So, she came up with a new character. Well, Bonnie oh. Bonnie was trying to get her little girl to say, "Let's go, Brandon," which she was saying delightfully over on the other yes. side of the restaurant. But then when she brought her over the microphone, she wouldn't say it. Yeah. And, uh, and then of course my kids kept saying it. They were like, oh yeah, let's go Brandon, go Brandon. And then when it's finally record time, Rayla's like, let's go Brandon princess. And it was just so goofy that I had to keep it in. I had yeah. to keep it in. How many go to our meetups? Ask C-dubs. Well, it's beautiful, uh, to pump the numbers because you always try to get somewhere where C-Mike can bring his whole family. Cause that's 10 right off that's the bat. That's right, yeah. If Mike and Bunny come and bring their eight kids, that's 10. And then we come and bring our kids, that's 15. So, like, basically... Okay, if you take out Our the two kids, families is 15 people showing up every time. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, if we... So, we get, you know, probably so, 24, 25 people. Yeah. If you take out the kids, there's, like, a dozen to 14, probably, on average. We've had up to 30-some-odd people at the bigger ones. Yeah. In the park, the one that Circus Media joined us for, that was a great turnout. Yeah, that was a pretty big Also, one. like, the very first one we 35. did. That was the one Fugazato uh, came to. Fugazato. Yes. I always got to say Fugazato because the boys always have said Fugazoto. For so many years, it's been Fugazoto in my mind. But it's then, actually Zato. It's Fugazato. It's Italian. Yes. And, uh, yeah, the first one we ever did, that was, what, January 2019, maybe? That sounds right. That was a big one. That was a good yep. turnout because people drove from all around Missouri. Yeah, there were a lot of... Before starting their and own. Kansas. And, and Kansas, yeah. Nebraska. Yes, and Nebraska. Yeah, I love I love doing the meetups, man. If, if you have been listening to No Agenda for a while and you keep on going, oh my God, when are they going to do one in my town? Uh, just do one. You'll be surprised right. at how many people will show up to it. I was. I was pretty surprised. Yeah, we didn't... Did we do a promo for the very first one? No, we, no. Just, we just put it on the website. I mean... Adam read it off that it was coming up. He said it, you know, but that was it. Yep. But and people it hear great. it on the show. They finally heard Kansas City. Yeah. So that oh. was good. That's going to keep going. This is going to keep going. This is going to keep going. It is. Yeah. And uh, I had a couple other podcast news. Abelcraft's back in action Woo. after a week off. All right. Abel Kirby got to where he could uh, do another show. He was running cool. back and forth between the old place and the new place. Old home, new hotel. That kind of thing. So he had his hands so full. Moving is tough. But he also, it's funny, he gets all his hands full and he's moving halfway across the country. And then he also put this uh, Christmas Eve release deadline on us. So like <laughs> things are getting really, uh, hot. really, really hot, really heavy, <laughs> really very slippery and very hot. If you know what I'm saying. Yeah, we're a hot country. It's very slippery and very hot. Very hot. Uh, you're gonna do an album artwork, right? Oh yeah! I volunteered you for one of those oh, so, one yes. of the track artworks. Gladly. Yeah. So it, it, when's the deadline? I'm excited next for that. week. <laughs> yeah, if you could have that done, the sooner the better. By tomorrow morning. We Shut really up! Appreciate. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I mean, that would be ideal. I get of course it. I'm kidding you. No, I mean, is there a certain song? Yes. Okay, so do I get to listen to the song? Yes. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the one I pl- was playing on yesterday or working on. Was that Sunday? It was definitely yesterday. Well, I'm going to listen to it on repeat for a while. It's a good one. You'll like and it. And start doodling. You'll like it. I think I like everything I think I've heard so pick. far. I think you're the good pick for this particular track for sure. Oh, okay. Thanks. Yeah. I'm also recording something for Metis coming up. Ooh. Tease, tease. Yeah. You guys will see it when it's released or hear it, I guess. You won't see it. 
because I won't be doing a camera on it. I'm just recording audio. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But we'll yes, um, I'm recording something for Metis. That's exciting. Yes. I, I think it's going to be fun. It's a cool uh, It's a cool story. So Very important story. It's a very important, very powerful story. That's right. I started playing with your machine this weekend. Yes, you did. And by the second sitting, I was moving a little bit faster. You know, you just I just had to hang with it. It's tough. Uh, I don't use it often enough to where I have to like reteach myself how to build a song out. You know, because like it's easy to play around with drum pads and make the loops and make little melodies and stuff. But then putting it all together into a full song is sort of like not intuitive i guess you'd say yes the terms and stuff i mean i sat with the the tutorial that comes with it you know and i was doing it along with it but there were still just things i wanted to do with what i was making that they don't explain how to do so i had to still have you or i I just stood over your shoulder while you were working on something later and was like asking the questions i needed answered well the user manual was like a 380 page pdf you know it's like yeah crazy i went through most of it the depth on it and like it's online and searchable which is nice but geez it's just like there's a lot going on with this thing yeah well and then there's also the whole live component so they explain how to do everything they just taught you but live and i'm like well i'm not performing right now i'm just trying to make a dang song you guys <laughs> Midas asks what's the machine oh we're talking about the machine uh, There's an Mark S III. before the C. Yes, it is. Uh, I think they're German. Fairly certain. M A S C H I N E Machine Mark III by Native Instruments. Um, it's a fantastic piece of equipment. Uh, my, I had a buddy who always used to come over to my apartment when I lived in the J slums, and we used to smoke blunts on blunts on blunts, and uh, then he would just make these little beats on his machine. He had like the original one. Um, and yeah, I've I always wanted one, and then Lorian got me one for Christmas a while back. So I'll post a link uh, in the bowl about it. I know it's going to be a lot of fun once I really get the hang of it. Yeah, definitely. It's just it's just a bit of repetition takes uh, takes time to get those reps in, but it gets better. It gets better over time. Yeah, just like exercising. Well, is that all you got for the crypto news? That's all. That's all my okay. cocaine and my shit stain. <laughs> well, guess what. 33 is still the magic number. No doubt. And uh, Howard University students were able to strike a deal after a 33-day sit-in. They did, yes. 200 students protesting the living conditions in the dorm by setting up tents and living in the rec center for 33 days. Might be nicer in the rec center. Who knows? I bet it is. Uh, They were complaining that the dorms are infested with mold and roaches and they had taken to social media with pictures of running water and exposed drywall so you know i mean with the money universities get from you at least class up the joint a little bit right you'd hope so you'd hope so uh they had a you know the protesters had an attorney who worked out a deal and uh the reverend uh, jesse jackson showed up and it was a big media hullabaloo uh, but the terms of the deal have not been released, and they won't be because they are protected. But the students were happy, so yeah, 33 days, magic number. Just hang in there. And then, uh, unfortunately, in Humboldt County, fentanyl deaths have soared to 33. This is more than double the number in all of 2020, uh, which stood at 11. 
And the fentanyl deaths make up half of all of the county's alcohol and drug-related deaths. Um, so the Humboldt County Drug Task Force sent out a press release saying that individuals caught selling fentanyl can be charged with murder. Um, and then it's also worth noting that in California, Narcan is available to the public at no cost. And here in Missouri, if you want some Narcan or Naloxone uh, to help people who may be overdosing or if you yourself are an opioid user and you're worried that you're going to get something laced with fentanyl, uh, you can get it here in Missouri for $75 a box, which is two doses. Who dog? Yeah. But California, get it for free. Wow. Interesting. So, uh, you know, if if you dabble in the illicit market, it might be good to have on hand. Yeah, I hear they're... Lacing the weed with fentanyl. I don't. Yeah, yeah, I don't think you have to worry about that. But I've, I've only read that in the paper. So I've only read that on one news I've story. Not heard that? No, I mean from me a either. reliable source. <laughs> yeah, someone would really hate you to do that. Yes, and that weed would probably look like crap. And speaking of crap, uh, Thanksgiving's just around the corner, and it just got more expensive. Because Tyson Food has decided to hike their prices one final time to combat Bidenflation. Uh, and their beef prices are up 33%. Oh, man. Yeah, womp womp. Last week's inflation was rising at the highest level in 31 years. And according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, prices rose 6% over the past year, which is the largest annual rise in three decades. All cash, baby. Thanks, oh Biden. Jeez. Yeah. And anyway, you ready to get behind the curtain? Because I sure as hell am. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. <laughs> Hold on. It's right there. I will say on the way back there, I got some uh, Koof Me Can't Get Koof Again stories. Because <laughs> oh, yeah. they're dying out. They're dying out. Oh. I, had, I saw the magic number in one article. Just a slight quote that said uh, infections are rising in 33 states. Mm, okay doesn't match the rest of the news cycle um in australia they claim an illegal halloween party was linked to 33 rona cases and uh workers in new zealand up to 33 unvaccinated workers could lose their jobs according to my third and final headline for that nonsense but alas the boys on no agenda the best podcast in the universe. You may have heard of it. You may have heard of it. Uh, they had a great weed segment Sunday yeah. with a story <laughs> that came out last Thursday. No Agenda Show Day. It's when the big news comes out. Yep. Um, and, you know, filled with inconclusive studies and fear propaganda, this is the story of weed causing heart attacks for people who use uh, a lot, who smoke a lot of weed. Eat a lot of edibles? Don't know. I mean, they don't specify. Uh, but, you know, people suffering from cannabis use disorder. Cannabis use disorder. Also known as CUD. Also known as CUD. Yeah. So, uh... It's nothing new, man. It's like Harry Anslinger rises I, again. You know? Well, it's I gotta say... old case of, uh... Let's blame it on the weed, everybody. That's right. That's right. You know, all these young, fit people dropping like flies, their hearts giving out. What's new? Just like the boys are saying, oh, yeah, we're legalizing weed. That's new. Oh, yeah, yeah. Everybody everybody just started smoking pot in the last about mm, eight S- months. Since it was st- 
statewide legal. Not I mean, even statewide, but Colorado <laughs> went legal way back. Yeah. Ten years ago. A decade ago. California went medical legal in ninety six. And guess what? People were stoning crazy even before that. Well, my favorite part is at the end of the um article of course they share how inconclusive the study is and they mention that uh the study didn't look at use of other substances like tobacco or alcohol or cocaine gets mentioned um it didn't look at lifestyle factors like diet or physical activity you know so what what comorbidities did these people have that could have led to them having heart attacks I'm not saying that... Did it even talk about vax status? Was a vaccine mentioned no. at all one time? No, you know it wasn't. I also know a thing or two about cannabis. Me too, and it doesn't cause heart attacks. No. And th- th- my favorite part also, let me say this, is that the standard line of propaganda was in there of, this isn't what your parents smoked at Woodstock. Right. Well, it's still weed. It still grew out of dirt or some other growing medium, you know, if you're right. doing some hydroponic stuff. But it's still weed. It's just everybody, a plant. Everybody acts like uh, the hydro stuff or like the, you know, the different uh, hydroponic fertilizers or the breeding techniques somehow make it weird monster weed or like, oh, it's lab-grown weed. It's untrustable weed. It's, it's fucking weed still. That's right. And, uh... You know, concentrates. Those are a little bit of a different beast, but I know plenty of people who've used them. I've come across plenty of users. I went to the SoCal Cannabis Cup. Not a single person dropped dead or had a heart attack at the Cannabis Cup where you walk around and sample weed in various forms at a bunch of booths. I'm talking hundreds of booths. The entire Cannabis Cup is just one big weed cloud for the whole night, the whole two days. the whole weekend. Booth after booth. Booth after booth. Yeah. Yeah, no. The weed is not hurting your heart. I can promise you that. No. And the weed is nothing new, you know? So, like... That's right. You can't blame all this new shit happening on weed, because weed has been around. But, yeah. And, you know, we've, we've shared in the bowl the positive studies that... Talk about the anti-inflammatory properties of cannabidiol and such. You know, and that could help fight the coof, actually. But now they're going to try and r- blame it on the weed. Blame it on the weed. It's pretty uh, pretty lame. And there was also a statistic in there, not that they're worth anything, but the American Heart Association found 4.1% of people hospitalized for heart attacks suffered from CUD. Uh, 4 percent good god four percent that's a hell of a minority to be pointing fingers at you know what i mean and then they say well that tripled from 2007 when it was 2.4 percent uh okay but it actually decreased from 2018 when it was 6.7 percent they don't want to look at that angle do they if we want to play number games here you know i'll play number games with you all day it's a bunch of bull leave the weed alone. It just brings up that uh, Randy Marsh in the in the 420 special or whichever special it was. He's like, Shelly, we need to talk about your marijuana problem because <laughs> she has such oh, a problem yeah. with marijuana. She hates it. She's like... Anti-weed. People smoke weed are stupid. <laughs> that was a great impression. Yeah. Well, she had a marijuana problem. Yeah. What can I say? Yeah. That's it the only a- marijuana problem I know of, too. Yeah. Oh, well. Mar- I, marijuana deficiency syndrome. Yeah. I suffered through a 53-minute 
mini documentary that PBS put together called The Cannabis Question. And let me sum it up for you. It was a commercial for Big Pharma's Apedialex, which is a pharmaceutical version of CBD. Well, we already know the answer to the cannabis question. It's yes, yes, please. Yeah, yes, please. You know, um, but again, you know, this thing was filled with inconclusive studies, just like the article trying to link weed to heart attacks. Um, they looked at a guy who suffered from PTSD. He had driven over an IED in the Middle East. He had night terrors. He talked about seeing shadow people, which a little ding, ding, ding went off in my brain because that's mm-hmm. been a trend lately. Um, he was put on medication, suffered terrible side effects from that, you know, just getting sick and all sorts of stuff. So then he got a medical card and he feels great. And so then PBS pushes back and is like, but we don't know the long-term use of weed if he will always feel great. Yes, THC can help PTSD, but THC can increase anxiety, according to no one ever. You know, they didn't even have a study to back up their claims there. The long-term use of weed. Why don't they go interview any of these old fucks? Cheech and Chong. Like Cheech and Chong, (laughs) Willie Nelson, Snoop D-O-double-G, who literally have made a living off of smoking pot every Every day day. for the last 60 years. There's your long-term effects, dude, right there. They're doing great. Give me a break. Doing Shit is unbearable. Great. It is unbearable. And, um, you know, the saddest part to me is they started getting into the CBD stories of the parents who have children with all these different types of epilepsy. And uh, we had a family in Missouri also who, you know, fought for Charlotte's Web along with families in Colorado. And we did get CBD first in Missouri Um, back in, wow, what was it, like? 2016 or something. It was quite a few years ago. Might have even been 14. Uh, yeah. we were, they issued licenses to two CBD cultivators here in Missouri. And, uh, you know, I knew it was great for epilepsy because I had seen kids lobbying who would start having seizures and then take a little CBD tincture and bam, stop seizing and not have a seizure for the rest of the time they were there. You know, just stuff like that. And, uh, they talked about how, oh, the CBD market is like a billion-dollar industry, uh, and you can get it at Bed Bath & Beyond now, apparently, which I don't know if they're making that <laughs> up. I don't shop at Bed Bath & Beyond, but I, don't, I wouldn't buy my CBD from there, personally. Uh, I'd probably buy it from a local grower. And they were saying that the medication they give out to children who suffer from epilepsy, a third of them don't respond to it, which, you know, pharmaceutical prod- products, what, do you, what can I say? Um... And also, one of the parents in this documentary said her son started hallucinating on the medications he was prescribed. He (laughs) started telling her that there were ants crawling out of his skin and that his skin was opening up and he was seeing holes in his skins and just going into these psychotic episodes. Um, So that mom decided to, you know, break the law, grow some weed and make her own CBD tincture for him. Because she says she bought some online. But sometimes it would work and sometimes it would not. Yeah, inconsistent. And so it's like these parents, you know, have to go become criminals to keep their child healthy, for lack of a better term. Because every time you're going into a seizure, there's brain damage occurring. And sadly, there was a family there. Um, One family ended up flying out to London to get the epiodialex treatment from 
GW Pharmaceuticals over there. And the other one, uh, the lady stopped making the tinctures or whatever because of fear. And that son is just like a vegetable in a wheelchair now because he didn't get his medicine. <sighs> you know, it just makes you sick. It does, So this, yeah. this pharmaceutical patented CBD liquid is $1,500 a bottle. You know, like... That's just ridiculous. And yes, you're going to buy it because this is your child's life. Right. It's ransom money, really. But yes, exactly. And then I'm like, well, what are the ingredients in this? Ah, dehydrated alcohol, sesame seed oil, strawberry flavor. That's descriptive. And sucralose. I'm just like, yeah, just flowers. Just so natural and just grows from this earth. What's another great thing about the weed plant itself versus a lot of pharmaceuticals? The pharmaceutical industry wants to isolate little tiny molecules that they can feed you that sometimes help some people. And plant medicines contain a bunch of different components. That work together. They all work together. In the entourage and effect. Exactly. And they give you, they give more people better effects. So it's going to work for a larger percent of people. It's going to be more effective for most of those people it works for. Versus, right. versus you're isolating down one little compound, one little compound. What can we shave There's, off of it and patent and charge you an arm and a leg for. Yeah. We have an endocannabinoid system within our body all over the place. And there's hundreds of cannabinoids in flower, in weed. And so it's like, you know, that's, they're all going to work for you in one way or another. So, I don't know. Weed is weed. And then they kept saying this line throughout the doc, untested cannabis is dangerous. It's like, it grew out of the ground, man. Like if you can pull it off of a plant, dude, it's not dangerous. Oh well, one thing that makes like it dangerous is if, if you. Stuff, but no, I'm saying. Weed. I'm saying if, if, when it comes to weed, if you can pull it off of the plant directly, and all you got to do is make sure nobody sprayed any bullshit on it. That's right. Nobody sprayed any pesticides on it, which they're just fine a, with a certain a amount of. Right now, they have their pl- pesticide allowable limits. Just get a plant that grew out of a seed that nobody sprayed any pesticides with. Boom. Yeah. Safe. It's the safest known medicine. Then they tried making the pitch that uh, because your brain develops as you get older. So kids who use, who smoke pot are so negatively impacted by it. And they started doing MRIs on a weekly user versus MRIs on kids who didn't smoke pot at all and the only thing that differed was his memory you know like and and this is the test she's like i'm going to say 33 words please repeat as many of the words as possible right house light bowl whiskey happy like just stupid words and he said like 12 of them i was (laughs) like man i would have i love a lot of those words those words aren't stupid well, yeah, those are my words I'm pulling out of the ether, though. That's not the words on her piece of paper in her white coat. And so she's like, look at how this impacted the gray matter in his brain. He couldn't remember the words as well as the other kids. Like, he got 12, and they got, like, 20 of the words, you know? They're so much better because they don't smoke. But then he came back a week later after not smoking pot and did just as good as all the other kids. So it didn't prove anything to their point. It was inconclusive. It's definitely... It's definitely going to, you know, muddy your short-term memory while you're stoned. It's one of the effects of being stoned, but it's not like this shit goes away forever. 
C Dubs rightly points out, uh, mold is pretty bad too. Yeah, so if you have, oh yeah, if you ever have moldy weed, that can make you very sick. Um, because it's mold, yeah. yeah. Especially if you have a mold allergy, that can really mess you up. Big oh time. yeah. Uh, so yeah. I mean, I understand quality control, right? But most people can grow weed just fine. Yeah, mold is one of those things you can and cure it properly. See and smell too. In my experience, yeah. But uh, doesn't it? Yeah, as long as you store it right and grow it right. But yes. They also touched upon the um, pregnant mom smoking pot. Another inconclusive study where they just had kids whose parents admitted to, moms admitted, <laughs> which is like, whoa, okay, to smoking while pregnant to these hospital workers. <laughs> and then those who did said that they didn't. And they were, they asked these kids these questions. And the one that they let you hear them asking that wasn't just B roll was the lady saying, Do you ever feel like there's an invisible presence watching over you? And the kid said, Yes. Like and what, I, God? Right, exactly what I was going to say. And they were like, <laughs> The kid was like, Yes. And they were like, These children whose, whose mom smoked pot while pregnant. The main difference is that they suffered psychotic episodes. They call that a psychosis, feeling an invisible presence like God. And then the lady asked him, did it scare you, the invisible presence? And the kid said, no. So how is that psychotic? How is that psychosis? It's just stupid. You know what I mean? No they results. cherry pick this. Then they, they said they were going to start scanning the brains of newborns whose mothers admitted to smoking pot. And they don't even tell you what they saw from that because I'm betting it was nothing. You know, they're just like, look at us, wrap this baby up and put a bunch of needles in him and put him into this big knocky machine. Like, it's so scary. It was all fear propaganda from the hospitals and big pharma. You know, it's just a bummer. I just hate seeing that stuff. Typical. Typical. I don't know what I was expecting. And just, uh, I went ahead and I watched it for all you bowlers, so you don't have to watch it. That's all. Oh, I'm, I appreciate that personally. Yeah, no joke. Um, <laughs> the final... Not a joke. The final prescription push that they were going for, the final commercial in this, is uh, they claim if you smoke weed every day and then decide one day to quit cold turkey, uh, you're going to suffer withdrawals. Now, I've gone long stretches of my life not smoking pot and then smoking pot one day and then not smoking pot. And uh, I've never had a THC withdrawal, as they put it. Um, but they are now prescribing a uh, anandamide medication to replace the THC for someone who wants a quick cold turkey and you hop on the big cute. pharma what? train. Yeah. Like a nicotine patch type like, thing? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You gotta be joking. Yeah, dude. that's in the study now. They showed the kid and he goes, well, I don't know if this is the placebo or the real one, but uh, I got good sleep. I slept just fine and I've never been able to sleep fine when I quit weed before. I'm like, whatever, dude. I sleep fine every night. Yeah, dude. That sounds like a personal problem or a sleep. That's perhaps, uh, call me crazy or call me just an idiot stoner, but maybe the kid... Has a sleep disorder. <laughs> yeah, right? That he was treating with the weed. Yeah, that's why he started smoking it. It's because he had insomnia. Yeah, well, hello. It said that in the documentary. Yeah, exactly. See, hello. We have more conclusive hello. conclusions than that POS. I mean, and they got paid big money to make that crap. It's just common sense. It's common sense. Yeah, that's Obviously, all. if you're sleeping better, it helps, right? It helps. So who's going to, oh my God. Right. 
it's like who even has time for these people dude i know and the moral of the whole thing is like oh uh, we don't know if you damage your endocannabinoid receptors at all but they're resilient and they'll go back to the way they were if you stop smoking weed so it's like oh so weed doesn't affect anyone at all other than you know making you feel good and helping your symptoms we know it's safe because uh bayer and merck make a bunch of fucking money from it that's what makes it safe yeah, the big uh, the big shill here was Jazz Pharmaceuticals uh, out of California. So I see you, I see you pushing your sales. Blech. Anyway, Biden signed the big infrastructure bill, uh, of course. Yes, of course. Um, and that included the provision that will let researchers study dispensary weed instead of the uh, you know university grown weed that who knows if it's <laughs> weed or hemp or whatever. I don't know. They don't know. They don't smoke weed. They just grow it and get paid by the DEA to grow it legally. The schmucks. But uh, <laughs> anyways, yeah, they also there was a provision in there that's forcing uh, legal states to educate the public on impaired driving. So within two years, the transportation secretary has to publish a report with help from uh, the Secretary of Health and Human Services and the Attorney General, including recommendations uh, to allow scientists to study the retail weed for the sake of studying impaired driving. <laughs> so, like, all rings together here in this little circle jerk. Wow. Uh, As, without the federal government, who would know that drunk driving's bad, dude? That's my question. Did you say drunk driving? Drunk driving, impaired driving. Impaired driving, yeah, well, who would? But... Uh, Coincidentally, there was a study published this week out of the University of Sydney that concluded uh, THC-related biomarkers are not associated with impairment in regular cannabis users and are relatively poor indicators of cannabis-induced impairment, meaning all these law enforcement agencies trying to come up with tests by pulling your blood or taking a spit swab or pulling your hair out of your scalp, you know, to say, oh, you're impaired, you're an impaired driver. It's, it doesn't work like that. Yeah. Some people are just shitty drivers, okay? <laughs> <laughs> There's no doubt about that. But, uh, I don't know. Then we have a uh, a Republican federal decriminalization bill that got filed this week by Nancy Mace of South Carolina, hmm. the State's Reform Act. Um. And what it does is what should uh, already be happening. It just says that, you know, legalization falls into the state's hands. We're prohibition if they want to choose that route, you know. And uh, unfortunately, this would regulate weed like alcohol federally. So it would transfer from the DEA to the ATF for weed products and the FDA for medical use. Nah, just leave them out. Well, I know, I know, I know. It sucks, uh, though, because it can't be, I mean... Even in your tomato model, it's still the fucking... It's regulated somewhere, right? Yeah. It's going to be the FDA or it's going to be the... It's going to be somebody. Quality control happens at some point in the thing. I don't know. Uh, They've just got to stick their nose in fucking every aspect of everyone's life. That's right. In this bill, raw cannabis... I just want to point out. I just want to point out. The fucking Boston Tea Party, they didn't want to pay three pennies on tea. They didn't want to pay three pennies on tea. What the fuck we put up with nowadays is so fucking stupid. Seriously. The original fucking chimp out of this country was over three pennies on tea, people. 
Well, you might. I'm sorry. You might be interested in know. Uh, she would like to impose a three pennies on the dollar <laughs> excise tax. God damn it! Federally, get out of my way. To uh, reinvest into the community, you know, uh, and uh, raw weed, raw cannabis would be considered an agricultural commodity regulated by the USDA and treated like barley, hops. They said and grain, but I know it's illegal to grow wheat, so who knows? I don't know. Uh, but here we are. Here we are. Three states lacking any form of legal weed at all, those being Idaho, Kansas, and Nebraska. Although, you know, Texas with their fake compassionate care measure should be in that list too as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, CBD only, you know. That's not that's not legalization. That's not freeing the weed at all. But how, you know, here we are. How did we get this far? My uh, my grandparents, my gra- grandparents, they have no idea what they did to us, to this country. No. But hey, tomorrow, November 16th is the deadline to take a mandatory training and education class if you want to apply for a social equity business license in the state of Arizona. I thought that was pretty funny. That's hilarious. Because that's part of the social equity requirement, taking a mandatory training and education class. Doesn't that seem like punishment? It does, yeah. Seems like uh, sit in the corner, no, no, no. It also kind of seems like talking down and treating a certain group of people like children, you know, like they're dummies. Because it says uh, the trainings are online and they're free and they cover topics of legal compliance and regulatory statutes because uh, social equity applicants can't read those things for themselves. Uh, And then it also goes into some branding and marketing advice, fundraising, and even legal advice at the very end. And it's just pre-recorded videos with multiple choice tests, like your first day at a fucking fast food joint job. Those are the worst kind of trainings. Oh, definitely. Don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. They're always dumb and they have the worst music. Ugh. Yeah. And for what it's worth, I think we'll get to the Boston Tea Party point. They just have to start jabbing dogs. I don't know, bro. They have to come for the dogs and then everyone's going to lose their shit. I really don't know. (laughs) I really don't know. Well, it wasn't the fetuses. You know, it wasn't little babies. No, it wasn't a lot of things. Wasn't having to put a dumbass diaper over your face despite the obvious stupidity of it. The obvious lack of effect it has. Yeah. The obvious litter in my... I just saw a mask out in the yard today. What? In our yard? Yes. Just on the... Did you set it on fire? No, That's disgusting. No, I didn't set it on fire. Well, let me explain our yard to people, too. We live in the valley... And so when it rains, everything comes through the hood down into our yard, quite literally. It washes the zoo is up on the hill. In and out of the driveway Mm -hmm. as it goes further down the street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we do kind of have a horseshoe driveway, so sometimes it does go back into the street. And there's that little moat in the the lot next door, but, ugh, disgusting. (laughs) I usually just find Cheeto wrappers and plastic bottles, but a mask, that's absolutely putrid. Yeah, it's pretty oogly. Yeah. I can't believe I didn't see that, but I'm glad I didn't because I would have freaking lost my mind. Yeah. Anyway, uh, on top of these stupid trainings that the social equity applicants have to take, uh, they also need to go get a facility agent card, um, which you have to go get a fingerprint done and a background check completed, which, of course, does not count the processing time. And another requirement is that if you have a low-level weed offense of any sort that's eligible for expungement, you got to get that taken care of, or you can't be a social equity applicant. 
And then also, you have to pay a $4,000 fee just to apply, and there are only 26 licenses set aside, and that fee is, of course, non-refundable. Well, yeah, why would it be refundable? Right, because the state needs more money, yeah. don't you know? It's Slave. a check It's a check you wrote to a government agency, bro. That's, that's already spent by the time it clears the bank. Yeah, well, when I said non-refundable, I was just using descriptive language. Anyways, <laughs> this was a really great story that came out this week. Very interesting federal civil lawsuit has been filed alleging widespread theft, corruption, and cover-ups among law enforcement in the Emerald Triangle. And the guy who filed it is an ex-cop from Texas, along with three Mendocino, Mendocino County growers. Hmm. So what happened was this cop, I don't know if he required, uh, required, my gosh, we are behind the curtain, aren't we? I don't know if he retired or quit or what, uh, but he was going out to California. He wanted to start a weed business and he was driving through the Emerald Triangle area when he got pulled over, saw the cherries and berries in his rearview mirror, said, oh shit, had three pounds and cash on him. Um, but you know. I thought it was all good because it's legal there. Uh, anyway, these cops come up to the window, two of them. They got no badges. They have black patches covering their other patches, so he can't identify them at all. And he says that. He's like, this isn't legal what you're doing. Like, you guys are literally robbing me. Yeah, they said, oh, they asked him, do you have weed in the car? He said, yeah. And they said, okay, we have the right to search you now. He says, no, that's not how this works. But they searched his car. They took his three pounds. They took all his cash. Then they took a picture of him and his license and drove off on their merry fucking way. So anyway, he started snooping around and he was able to identify a cop from a face bag post uh, as working in the Rohnert Park Police Department. So he took it up with them. The city settled and paid $2 million but did not admit wrongdoing. Don't know if that guy still has a job. He, uh... The cop, his name is Flatten, hilariously, this Texas cop. Uh, Flatten took his story to the FBI, which then indicted the Rohnert Park cop for extorting weed and cash from drivers and keeping it for himself. Um, Another officer was also charged by the FBI for stealing cash and drugs from numerous drivers and filing false police reports along with press releases attempting to hide the crimes that he was committing himself, you know, by stealing this stuff from right. him. And, uh, and that cop wasn't at the traffic stop that this Texas cop endured. Um, flattened. I should stop calling him a cop because he's not anymore. But anyways, uh, when he started calling the feds, really weird shit started happening. Like someone broke into his house and wrote, Light is death, police cockroach on his wall. Very cryptic <coughs> message. Okay. And then a service light started coming on on his car. So he put the two and two together and was like, mm, I'm going to take this into a mechanic. The mechanic found a GPS tracking unit hardwired into his vehicle. This is like something out of a thriller movie. You know what I mean? And so anyway, uh, he, ha- he was able to identify the second law enforcement agent who pulled him over in, em- in the Emerald Triangle as a now retired sheriff, a sheriff sergeant from Mendocino County. And uh, coincidentally, that guy was overseeing the marijuana enforcement team there. So Well, well, um, well. He also was the only eight officer, sheriff, sergeant to show up at the three growers' 
farms, for lack of better word, the ones that have joined this lawsuit. Um, and he took thousands of cash dollars in jewelry as well as destroying their crops um, and then provided no documentation that it ever happened. It's so a they're cop. like, n- yeah, yeah, crooked cop, it was man. literally stolen, you know, because <laughs> these law enforcement officers are just a freaking street gang with badges. Yeah, some of they're their own cartel. Some of these departments are out of control. Yeah. Well, that sheriff sergeant, he did a deposition all by himself uh, last year where he talked about, oh, it'd be really stupid for a member of law enforcement to steal things when they're going to tell these growers, oh, they're not in compliance. We have to destroy the your crop or whatever. But he was the only one there. Hmm. So idiot i hope karma comes around i mean it looks like it's worth the fact that this story was published you know that's a big step in the right direction i think because you know this is going on this has gone on for a long time yeah ever since the plant was prohibited it's been going on the corruption just everywhere in the current uh every every facet of government everywhere that the state wields its power which is not just law law enforcement departments federal state and local but also judges also obviously you know legislative bodies all across the country at a certain point man we we, we've got to get rid of some of this corruption it's so thick though it's everywhere yeah it's all the way up and down but denver started accepting applications for marijuana hospitality licenses this week you know that would be places where you can smoke weed inside or you can do like a tour bus that people can smoke on that's exciting except for the first six years that they're issuing licenses only social equity applicants can apply for them yeah it sounds right yep also in colorado medical laws will become much more strict starting january 1st of 2020 in the name of limiting young people's access and abuse of weed Hmm. because you know teens just get their hands on legal weed so much and it just hurts them so bad. They had all these parents there and the parents were saying that their teens suffer from psychosis and suicidal thoughts and nonstop vomiting. All these things that in my experience, weed has really helped. Yeah. They were specifically attacking the derb though. Wow. The concentrates where they got what, like 60% THC and whatnot. If that's the first weed you ever try, you know, they, they're trying to turn this into the crack of weed. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it's free basin weed, basically. Yeah, the dabs can get a little crazy, but, you know. Yeah, and, you know, also whatever you use to, uh, is extract the word I'm looking for, you know? Yes. Like, sometimes you can taste the butane The in solvent. It. The solvent, yeah. Mm-hmm. The butane ones are, bleh. That black market butane. <laughs> but, um, anyway, so what's changing? What's changing? Well, the concentrate purchase limit, uh, is going down for medical patients that are 18 to 20 years old. Specifically, they can now can only purchase 2 grams a day, while previously they were able to purchase 40 grams a day. That's a big drop. And uh, they say they're going to double enforce the ID checks, you know, scanning the IDs. Yeah. So, you know, if a minor gets caught with weed that you bought in Colorado, that's not going to be good. They're really cracking down. So, in Massachusetts, 
Governor Charlie Baker filed impaired driving legislation that prohibits loose or unsealed packages of weed in the driver's compartment of a vehicle. In the name of combating impaired driving, of course. Yeah. You can't drive around with any old weed. You have to buy your weed and go home and take it nowhere else ever again. You gotta hide in your basement. Yes. Are you a medical patient who might, you know, need weed if you're going out for a long period of time? Too bad. We'd rather watch you have a seizure. We'd rather watch you limp in pain or whatever. We'd rather you just take the opioids again, really, is what this is going toward. The joke of it is, you know, you just... People smoke all the time, all over the place, you know? Just discreet about it. It's been it's been happening for decades. It will continue to happen. They can make every little asshole finger wag that they want. Doesn't really change much. Jerks. Yeah, just a new way to get people in trouble, though. You yeah. Know, they're just putting it back on the books, in a way. No weed in your car. It's legal. No, it's not. Yeah. They're going to legalize it and still get you in trouble for it. Yeah. I love that. It's just so cute how it's just like, we legalize it and then we're going to slowly criminalize aspects of it again, you know? In Montana, uh, there was some good news that Circus Media will be happy about. The Department of Revenue officials testified at a legislative hearing and they said they're open to scrapping all these rules that they've proposed, uh, which include, you know, just to give a few examples, blocking people with prior convictions from working in the cannabis industry or allowing dispensaries to sell CBD. Just ridiculous things. You know, they're like, well, we opened it up for, you know, public comment and uh, no one seems happy with it, so... We're fine scrapping it. So let's see if they do. Yeah, Who's hopefully. more important? The voice of the people or the money and the lobbying and all that stuff on the other side of the fence? Well. I'm going to be an optimist <laughs> here. It depends what yardstick <laughs> you use to measure importance, I suppose. Yeah, the, <laughs> the morals of the officials is where, you know, the decision gets made, I yeah. guess. Uh, New Jersey regulators voted to start accepting uh, licenses for growers, uh, producers, and testers. That would be a fun job, testing weed. Yeah, I can handle that. (laughs) Those all, uh, they'll start accepting them December 15th. And if you want a retail license in New Jersey, March 15th is your day that you can apply. Oh, boy. Now They're lining up. Lining up. The health secretary of New Mexico rejected a bunch of recommendations like adding ADHD, anxiety, Tourette's. Oh, now here we see use disorder come up again. Tobacco use disorder, hallucinogen use disorder, and stimulation use disorder God as qualifying addic- uh, conditions for medical patients. I wanted, I don't know if I said it earlier when I talked about the fear propaganda with CUD and heart attacks, but the use of uh, use disorder instead of addiction is a little ridiculous. I hate Call it what it is. I hate use disorder. Call it what it is. Addiction. Yeah. To me, addiction is very often a mental issue. Why do they are they pretending like addiction's a dirty word now? What's uh it's addiction you know, like a racist term uh, now? Uh, Can't say it's addiction. Belittling. You have to use the PC version, which is use disorder, which use I refuse to use. Is worse, That's dumb. Man. It's, it's worse. more words. More syllables. Use disorder. Nah, addiction. Silly. It's one more syllable. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't get it. My lazy mouth is going to say addiction. And if you don't like it, get out of the bowl. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't like it, you're not in the bowl. I already know that. Yeah, so. That's probably true. Because they, they have a marijuana problem. <laughs> uh, but anyways, so they rejected all those qualifying conditions. But they did accept the recommendation to increase the purchase limit to 15 ounces per three-month period. So... 
small baby steps. Baby steps in the right direction. A step backward, a step forward. I don't know. Just doing the salsa there. And uh, an interesting story came out of Las Cruces, New Mexico, where the mayoral candidate was charged with allegedly selling weed to undercover agents who entered his CBD shop. But these, this wasn't CBD products he sold them, they are saying. And uh, he hasn't had the opportunity to enter a formal plea. But if he's found guilty of all this, he could face up to 18 months in prison. Uh-oh. So it sounds like a smear, a little bit of a little, smear campaign hit, going on hit here. Job. Yeah, hit job. That's a much better term. Um, the lawsuit in Rhode Island that was a pending appeal, that was dropped. So Rhode Island can now start issuing licenses again. And our friends in South Dakota, Senator Lee Schoenbeck made a radio appearance this week where he discussed marijuana in the legislature. Of course, we don't want that to pass. That is all bad. Uh, it's very restrictive. I don't think they're allowing home grow in the proposed bills. Um, and here we are in South Dakota where the Supreme Court still hasn't made a decision on the fate of the voter-approved constitutional amendment. So all the legislators are dancing around in this little, you know, they're just circle-jerking each other. Yeah. And uh, they really want the legislation to go through, not the will of the voters. Um, so I, I took a clip of the things he was saying because it, it got kind of gross. This guy's a real dick. One of the subjects is whether or not we should decriminalize a minor amount of possession of marijuana and because maybe the issue's coming on the ballot. Anyway, the tribes have already effectively done it uh, with their quote-unquote medical marijuana, which is really disguised recreation. I mean, you know, oh, my back hurts. Give me a joint. And, uh, Fair. Oh, in fact, give me a bag use. of joints. Um, and a bag of and joints. so we have to, we've got to decide whether we need to get out ahead of that issue. I, I would not prejudge what the outcome of that will be. But if you do decriminalize a minor amount of um, adult use or recreational marijuana, then it doesn't make any sense to have a whole separate licensure program for medical marijuana. Because if you read that medical marijuana law, that's just dope smoking. It's, I mean, it's no, there's no more medicine in that than there is in the back of my pickup. Um, so it what? doesn't make sense to create a whole new regulatory environment uh, that, that's, that's really made obsolete by legalized recreational. Now that's Giacomo. I mean, what a dishbag. Right. You should just meet with some real patients, man. Exactly. I don't know. That I I can I can kind of sympathize a little bit, you know, cuz he sounds like a dick, but I mean, I thought that too when I was 18 and I first heard of medical weed. Only, you know, I thought of it in a different way. I was just like, "Oh, sure, like what whatever can make it legal, you know?" Mm. I was like, "Whatever we use." And then I met real patients. And once you meet an actual patient who has used weed to help them, then you'll never, it, it's never funny to you again, you know? Yeah, seriously. Once, once you see it in front of your face. The first guy I ever met was down at Cannabis Revival in Joplin. The that first, was amazing. The first year I went. Um, oh, when I went, it was amazing. That wasn't your first year. We, met, that, we met the same guy. Um, I met him my first year there. Because he comes every year, and this guy had skin cancer. He had tumors on his arms. They were growing um, real big and thick, and he was on chemo for him and all this shit. And somebody told him about RSO, Rick Simpson's oil, sometimes referred to as Phoenix Tears. It's an incredibly concentrated, like a thick, sticky tar that you can 
uh, make out of the plant matter. Just involves uh, basically extracting the resins and oils out of the plant itself. Super concentrated, super tarry. Uh, usually you eat it or use it topically. And this is for it's like the most hardcore form of medicine you can make pot into, really, uh, from what I have researched and experienced. And this guy just had uh, RSO, the Phoenix Tears, and he rubbed them directly on his skin, and he noticed the tumor started shrinking. And he told his doctor about it. The doctor said, oh, you got to stop using that immediately. You can't use pot. to. You got to stop. That's illegal. It's illegal. It's wrong. It's going to, what are you doing? You know, kind of thing. So he stopped, and then the tumor started back up again. They started growing again. And so he said, I walked out of the doctor. I never went back. I stopped doing chemo, and I just uh, just rubbed the, the RSO on there. And he said the sh- tumor shrank to a point where they were smaller than, like, the sockets that they once were in, and he just pulled them out of his arm, like, root and all. It was like they, he said they had a big, ugly root on them, and he just pulled them out. And you could see the threw scars. Threw them in the trash, yeah. From where they were on his arm. Pull his sleeve back and show you the big pox scar marks where they were. It's just unbelievable. But yes, I'll chalk it up to this guy is ignorant. Yes. But it just really blew my yeah, mind. He's, he's not met a real patient. Yeah. If he's going to talk like that, for sure. Yeah. No understanding at all. And uh, South Dakota made history... Because the voters approved both medical and recreational at the same time. And geez, I mean, this guy, he wants to push through legislation and just scrap the medical for a very bad recreational law. Mm. Like, more restrictive than the medical program, you know? Yeah. Just sick. Oh, these legislators. Who votes them in? Oh, they always know how to fix our world, don't they? Mm, No, they make it way worse. We need a complete audit on all the nonsense laws that are going on in this country. And just, really, we just need to start from square one again. Just erase it all. Start over. Do over. Pretty cool. New country. (laughs) New America. Well, anyway. uh, (laughs) Two episodes ago on uh, Bowl After Bowl, episode 112, entitled Where Would You Suck?, fun enough we (laughs) talked about a bill in tennessee that would let the attorney general appoint replacement prosecutors for any prosecutors that or district attorneys that uh refuse to pursue weed cases or any other cases but they're attacking one prosecutor in particular who said they don't pursue weed cases and that bill unfortunately was signed into law this week by Governor Bill Lee. <sighs> Governor Billy. Billy boy. <laughs> so, yeah, we know who's going to be out of job soon. They were coming for you so hard that they wrote a law just for you, a bill. They made a, they made a law change for your ass. Anyway, uh, Texas. This is a fun little jig they're doing. So, last bowl after bowl, 113, I talked about how Delta 8 was fine again because uh, the judge put in an injunction uh, against the Department of State Health Services who wanted to immediately make Delta-8 illegal with absolutely no ability to do that. You know, this, they shouldn't be allowed to do that, but they want, They just released these laws, said, Delta-8's illegal, take it off your shelves. People were scrambling, and uh, the judge said, no, 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 you can't do that, you know. I'm making Delta-8 temporarily legal again. Well... The DSHS filed an appeal, and now 
Delta 8 is temporarily illegal again in Texas until oh, their full trial happens, which is tentatively set for January 2022. Well, it's Texas law, so technically the judge and the prosecutor have to go out in the middle of the street at high noon and say, one, two, three, four, I declare a thumb war, and that settles it. You know, back in the good old days, people just have duels and settle it in the streets. <laughs> you know, like men. Oh, jeez. Oh. Uh, Lorian is itching for a fight tonight. She I'm not. Fight. I don't. I don't like not in the bowl. <laughs> I don't mind seeing two assholes fight each other. That's for sure. But well, no doubt. Yeah. Someone's so, uh, gonna win. I looked it up. In 18 states, have banned or restricted the sale of Delta Eight at this point, and four are currently reviewing it. Fake and gay. <laughs> 50 state so hard. legal. 50 state legal. Now it's uh, not. No. It's just frustrating. It's you know, 48 just, and then 47, 46. No, it's way down. 18 already have said nay oh, to Delta oh 8. I God, just I'm said way that. Behind, I'm way behind. Yeah. I missed the 18. Well, pretty number. soon it'll be only, uh, you know, like two states. It'll just two be Missouri rocking the Delta we're, 8. We're always the last holdout. <laughs> yeah. It's such a such a nuisance to write new laws and shit, don't you think? You know, and like change things. That's work. We're, I'm going with 50 state legal farm bill 2018. Seems fine to me. That's how I roll. Uh, Washington state regulators destroyed 13,000 pounds of weed this week. That's about $3 million worth of pot. Um, and it all came from three adjoining farms who were allegedly growing more than is allowed by the regulations. However, 50% of their crops were destroyed, so I'm guessing these guys kind of took a liberty that they should not have been allowed to enjoy. These crooks with badges destroying this weed, getting off being assholes. And then, uh, positive news, West Virginia's first medical dispensary open this week all right so you didn't give me a step in the right direction for anything Woo! uh but i have one international well, there were so story. many there's there so were many a lot wrong, of baby steps a lot of wrong steps though. well it's like one step backwards one step forward so i guess we're just standing in the same spot so it's like the doing the salsa we're doing the legislative shuffle man it's so fun we're tired now but uh <laughs> Amazon executives in India are being questioned by police who are investigating whether the platform has been used to smuggle the reefer. Because two men were arrested Sunday with 44 pounds of weed shipped under the guise of uh, dry stevia leaves off of Amazon <laughs> India. <laughs> and not just any dry stevia leaves. A thousand kilos of dry stevia leaves oh is what they God. ordered. That's like twenty two hundred pounds. That's and, a lot. And of these stevia. guys, these guys only had forty four pounds. They paid. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what they paid, you know, but that's a lot of stevia. That should have been a red flag to Amazon right away. How are you gonna ship that twenty two hundred pounds of dried a stevia leaves? Kilos. Yeah. You get a back a truck up. Yeah, so people have bought $148,000 worth of that listing. So now India's like, oh, no, the law enforcement. Where's all this weed? Where's all the dried stevia leaves? Was it a one-time thing? Or is the seller, you know, a dealer using Amazon? But really, they're interested to find if there's any involvement at Amazon. Because there's so many levels that Amazon plays in this uh, the delivery of the goods, you know, logistical support all the way to the delivery. Like, was it in a warehouse? Is Amazon selling weed already? 
I mean, if they're the smart money, they probably are. Yeah. But anyway, uh, Amazon, their attorneys, of course, said they will be investigating whether there was any non-compliance by a seller. Blame the sellers. That's the uh, that's one of those older jokes, though. The mailman, he's your drug dealer and doesn't even know it. Hey. Yeah. Okay, let me get my pent-out frustration. Pent-up frustration. Gotta get it out. It's time for a metal moment. Time to release the metal moment. Release the Rev Cyber Trucker. Yes, we have a oh. Rev here with yet another metal moment. And, of course, based on uh, the poll results for the poll, you voted in, bowlers. In the bowl and in the morning. This here is the Reverend Cyber Trucker with this week's metal moment. Sitar metal is India's first and only classical metal fusion band. The album Sitar Metal is game-changing and probably first of its kind, and it's also the only rock metal album ever written entirely by an Indian classical musician, composed solely on the sitar and fronted entirely by the sitar. Also, bringing in the guitar style of tapping for the first time ever, this song right here, When Time Stands Still, is probably the first of its kind. Released in 2019, this album is definitely a must for any Toker's smoke room. the sitar sitar metal that's the name of the band yes unforgettable well there you go you know it just occurred to me it popped in my mind we need to be putting a metal moment playlist together on our mini playlist collections oh yeah metal so moment we, playlist so we have all of the all the songs that have been featured somewhere in the playlist there you have it man I don't, i've never heard of metal sitar no and this week there's no poll because there is only one option left that i'm very excited about yes should I announce it? Let's say right it, now? yeah. Bagpipe metal. The bagpipes. <laughs> yeah, rocking those bagpipes. That'll be next week's. I love I these I was smashing themes. that vote every time, you guys. <laughs> uh, uh, you were... You were uh... Mine's always last pick, nah, but that's you, okay. You didn't do the automaton for the first one? Don't tell me you didn't <laughs> Oh, vote. no, you're right. I did the automaton you the first time. definitely voted automaton. My veg. Metal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh. Anyways, you ready to hear some bowler yeah, stories? Yeah, one thing your badge can't do is call Bowl After Bowl at 816-607-3663. Although, yes, that's not a challenge. I bet it could. I was going to say challenge accepted. <laughs> uh, but the bowlers can, and uh, some of them did. 
to talk about the first time they ever ran a stop sign or whatever else is on their mind. Uh, First call. Yeah, I'm going to miss probably some of the show tonight because I have to work because, yeah, you know, um, I have to occasionally do webinars for uh, people in other parts of the world. Uh, Look at the the Aussies and the Kiwis tonight. So, uh, yeah, you know, and that uh, unfortunately that happens during bowl time. So, yeah. So yeah, we'll see if I actually hear my voicemail in your response to it, um, because yeah, that, that gotta, I gotta do a webinar tonight. Pesky but, uh, webinars. So, I don't know. The first time I ever ran a stop sign. Well, I, I think I run a stop sign pretty, I pretty much run the stop signs all the time. It seems like, uh, oh, probably man. the first time I drove was the first time I ran a stop sign. Rebel, um, rebel. Because that's what happens. They, they always put the stop uh, lines a little bit too far back, I guess. Yeah. Um, but uh, I will tell you, I'll tell you the first, um, I guess, accident I had. So um, I was driving my stepfather's van and I made a right turn down a street, uh, went a little fast. Uh, and, uh, well, the back, the back end of the, uh, the van uh, get crashed into a uh, lava rock wall. Uh, yeah, police were called. Uh, I left the scene. I was a dumbass. Um, I got pulled over. Uh, nothing happened. There was no, you know, there was no, like, act. The, da- the the van was so, you know, badly damaged anyway. Or, I mean, the van was, uh, the van was already in pretty bad shape. It, it, you know, it's like, what's, what's another dent in the bumper, basically? And it didn't do anything to the rock wall, I guess. But, um, but yeah, that was my first experience with, yeah, as an accident. Uh, but um, yeah, that didn't, that particular episode did not involve running a, a stop sign, but, um, but yeah, it seems like with all the stop signs, I almost have to, uh, just because, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I probably shouldn't. I mean, I guess, I guess going past the stop signs, one thing, running it and completely forgetting about it might be a different thing. I guess that's what you meant by that. I don't know. Um, got a, got a lot on my mind right now. So this is, uh, um, but uh, yeah, that, that is, uh, and yeah, and I've got, and I've got this uh, thing to prepare for, which yeah, in a few hours. Uh, yeah, but, uh, kind of wish I didn't have to do it, but yeah, it's the day job. That's what we do. Yep. <laughs> Love you, mean it. Love you, phone boy. We love you. Out there killing it in the webinar world. That's right. Like a little webinar pirate. Webinar. <laughs> I did write down first time I ever uh, was in a car accident because oh, I never thought yeah. about that one. That's a good one for the. Ah, oh, phone boy's back just in time to miss his voicemail. No, he said or just in time. It. Oh, good, good, good. Yeah, good. he must have heard it. <laughs> he must Yay. have heard it. Yeah, we Perfect didn't, you know, timing. we're not necessarily, we're not necessarily counting, uh, the California stop is what it's commonly called, at least oh. around here, but probably, I'd say that's probably everywhere, right? Everyone's heard of the California stop, right? Have you heard Not of that? that term, is that where you just, uh, you know, slide on through? It's like you're, you slow down, you slow but down, you never but you come to through. a full stop, you know? Yeah. 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 It's a Cal- it's called the California stop. I think you should call it the California roll. We used to like also say, uh, no cop, no stop, but, you know. That's cute. Behind every bush, you never really know anymore, you know? That's true. But, uh... Cameras everywhere. Every ring doorbell. I don't know. I don't know. The rule is you gotta come, and then the car jerks back when you're at a complete stop. Yeah, rules. Blech. It's what you do during your driving test, for sure. You just have to... Yeah, you do that. You do that. The next caller, though, he just did this. Oh, hey. So, uh, last week, I told you about the first time I ever ran a stop sign. But now I'm going to tell you about the worst time I ever ran a stop sign. Oh, wait, it's the same story. Oh, you bastard. That had to be the worst time. Uh, yeah. You, you bowlers could call Chris uh, the first time he ran a stop sign, right? Let me remind you. So, 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 all right. 
first time I ever ran a stop sign. Uh, <clears throat> well, see, I, uh, we, we were, God, I guess for legal purposes, I'll say I was 17, even though allegedly I might have been one year older than that. We were, it was me, two chicks, and my best bud, and we're driving around, you know. We're driving right by the jail, police station, and courthouse on the same block. We got a jar ounce full of OG Kush, like a full jar with an ounce packed into it. We got two bongs that we're hitting while driving. We just, like, you know, normal people would maybe, like, get something more discreet to smoke, but no, we were fucking idiots. So we're smoking two bongs while we drive past the jail, courthouse, and police station. And I run a stop sign, and then everybody freaks out at me because I was so baked. I was still wouldn't even pay attention. And I just drive straight through the stop sign. God and I look damn. over, and none of the police cars were paying attention to us. And nobody was really out in the parking lots of any of those places and those establishments. And we rolled on through. And uh, nothing bad happened, even though it probably should have. Yeah. It's uh, the first time I ever ran a stop sign. Sir, sir, seat setter got lucky. So lucky. I'm glad Sir Sir was lucky. <laughs> he's only... <laughs> it's like he's looking like the, for the off button. Like a 74-year-old man. <laughs> Gross. I can't see it. You can alternatively usually end the call with the lock screen button on the side, too. Is that a fact? A lot of times, I'm pretty sure. My, I haven't done it in a long time, but that used to work. Yeah. Used to work. Anyway, yeah, it's a little bit of... It seemed like it was really going like a great story when he set it up. Like, just me and two chicks. Hell yeah. <laughs> and then it was just like, oh, started getting scarier and scarier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as it progressed. Man, I I think I said this last week too, but I knew some guys who would just roll way too deep like that. It's like, man, you don't really need every piece you own when you're driving around smoking weed, no. man. Like, all the nug you own and every piece you own and like scale and all the, like... Dude, just pick something. Leave the rest of the shit at home, man. If you want to roll around, use like a joint or something that you can pitch or eat or something, you know? You want a big-ass bong that you can't get rid of. <laughs> it's not advised. It's not uh, not legal advice, but yeah. Anyway, this caller has some legal advice. This next caller, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, I, you know, the first time I ran a stop sign, I'm pretty certain... I was like seven to ten range, uh, and this is on a bicycle in the subdivision. And the only reason I remember this is because my friend at the time, uh, they all like would, you know, their parents were like the sticklers for all, like, uh, you know, doing everything correctly. And this is a subdivision stop sign, and I went riding through it. And <laughs> later on, he went back and told his dad. And then his dad came over and talked to my dad, and the way he explained it, um, that I just ran ran a stop sign. He didn't see it was in the subdivision, and my dad, oh, yeah, I'll have to talk to him, you know, and all that. And my dad came in, and, of course, he's a little bit ticked off. He's like, Where'd you, where are you guys at when you ran this? And I, I told him, like, the, the two subdivisions cross streets. He's like, in the sub? And I said, yeah. And he's like, ah, whatever, you know. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just... It's like, so from then on, 
if I, uh, my dad had told me if I was with that friend to make sure I stopped at the stop sign so the <laughs> the dad didn't come over and talk to my dad about how dangerous it was for me to be running stop signs in a fucking subdivision. But um, I think after that, the first time I ever ran it in a car, uh, I used to sneak my dad's car out starting probably about 13, 14 or so. That's uh, a little bit of a little bit of a handful. So, uh, anyways, <laughs> I snuck a, uh, hit an Imperial that was, uh, like a winter car. My dad always had, like, a sporty car and then a winter car, and I blew through a stop sign, uh, on it with a friend, uh, driving when we were, I think, probably, like, 14, I would say, when that happened. And him saying, oh, my God, you blew a stop sign. And it was in the subdivision again. And, uh, he's like, you're going to get us pulled over. Oh, my God, we're going to go into jail, blah, blah, blah. But, um... Yeah, those were the uh, the first couple times I blew a stop sign. In the bowl. In the bowl. In the bowl. Nice. Little yeah. tabler. Yeah, if it's like the first stop sign on your street as you're leaving like a subdivision, I don't know, you know what I mean? And there's no one around, and you're doing like 15 miles an hour, you know, probably turning, so even slower. I don't know. I get it. Yep, me too. It's like... Uh, Maybe the California applies to that situation more than any other. Was the first time you uh, ran a stop sign? Well, I learned from an early age that the California role can get you in some trouble because when I was like five, I was riding with my great grandma and she pulled a California roll out of a Burger King onto a main street because there were no cars coming. How dare and she? And then this cop just came out of nowhere and pulled her over and was like, you didn't make a full, a complete stop. And she was like, there were no cars coming. He's like, there's a stop sign. You're a bad role model for that little girl in the back seat. Wow. And just like berated my great grandma. It was horrifying and awful. So anyways, uh, what a prank. you know, little Lorian uh, gets to drive and, uh, I drive like a grandma, and I stop, like, hard stop everywhere, make sure that they see the tires are not moving, because I never know when a cop's going to sneak out from behind a bush or whatever, those damn creeps. But the first time I ever ran a stop sign, I uh, there was ice on the ground, and I backed out of my driveway, and then it was just, like, a few yards to the stop sign on a main street, and I just had to turn right to get to work. And I did failed to stop... And the ice took me, and I just slid out into the road. Oh, shit. And uh, other, I mean, I just, I closed my eyes <laughs> and just gripped the steering wheel and was pretty sure I was going to die. There was a lot of honking and stuff, and uh, um, somehow no cars touched. Wow. Not a single car touched, but they were all, we were all facing awkward, funny directions. But we were all able to just get on our merry way and not get out and talk to each other at eight in the morning because no one wants to do that. No doubt. That's, that's in the winter when the, it's all cold. It oh was very God. scary. I thought I was going to die for sure. Or, you know, <sighs> not die, but I thought I was going to get wrecked. And, um, yeah, I had a guardian angel or something watching over me that day. I know that for sure because there was no way. We could have avoided each other. I mean, I just, uh that intersection especially. It was McBain to Maine oh, in yeah, Columbia, yeah. right by the library. It's a busy freaking intersection. And I slid out across the lanes. Like, <laughs> it was scary as hell. No good, man. No bueno. No bueno. But here I am telling the story, so. 
Yeah, you Sorry, made it. Sorry, I made it. You made it. This, oh, this uh, net net had a follow up. I just thought of uh, a joke. It's an old George Carlin joke, uh, but it kind of goes like this. Okay. Um, the other day, I was riding around with my buddy, and uh, we're in his car, and he uh, comes up to a uh, to a green light, and he stops. And I'm like, what are you doing? What are you doing? He's like, don't worry about it. My brother-in-law drives this way. Or no, it goes right through. Uh, I already screwed up. Oh, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Should have let Carla do it. Um, anyway, <laughs> he blows right through a red light. I'm We're like, strong. What are you doing? He's like, don't worry about it. My brother-in-law drives this way. We're driving along. He blows through another red light. He's like, I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, don't worry. My brother-in-law drives this way. He comes up to a green light and he stops. I'm like, what the, what the hell are you doing? He goes, ah, my brother-in-law might be coming the other way. Uh, oh, I screwed that up bad. <laughs> I, you redeemed it, though. Yeah, you made up for it. You pulled it back. It was there. Yeah, I like that. That's a great one. You also got a good voicemail, or voicemail. Well, transcription yes, error. Transcription failure. And now I'm looking I'm looking for it. God damn it. Oh, children lightning stopped. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's interesting. Uh, children lightning stopped. Hmm. Yeah. The bot is stoned, too. Somehow the bot heard... Green light and he stopped and turned it into children lightning stopped. I think it's funny. I'm gonna that's I, a great one. I wrote it down with contender for episode hand. title. Yeah, you know who's a contender? This, this next, next caller. Mm, this one was a little tricky. Don't really remember the first time I ran a, ran a stoplight or a stop sign. Usually, I'm pretty well behaved when it comes to driving, except for something that might have or might not have occurred. Uh, couple weeks ago Uh um yeah so in lieu of that how about i tell you the first time i ever seen a prosecutor in a (laughs) nation nationwide all eyes on deck case (laughs) (laughs) where the prosecutor pulled out an ar-15 with his motherfucking finger on the trigger, trigger. pointed it at the whole fucking audience and the jury. Yeah, that was wild. That was pretty fucking lit. That was (laughs) Um, that was upside downtown, bud. Yeah, you know, (laughs) watching this fucking prosecutor in the Rittinghouse case. He's like, "Oh, here's my prop AR-15, and this is how he did it." Finger on the trigger. It's like, oh, dude, we got the next Alec Baldwin. Shit, (laughs) shit, son. Um, yeah. Struggle bus, struggle bus all aboard today. Uh, it was really nice talking to uh, to y'all last Thursday in that little hog story post stream. Oh, yeah. Lorian blowing minds left and right. <laughs> I was even thinking after the fact, she was blowing my mind during the fucking bowl after bowl that we were talking about. Oh, that's on right. That Thursday it was like mind Vulcan melting shit, something. Mm. But I hope uh, hope you guys are doing well. I hope all of the bowlers out there are doing well. And um, yeah, just want to say y'all look pretty fucking cool in the bowl. Oh, I love your blueberry in the bowl. And I gotta say, I did not mean to blow your mind, <laughs> but that shit happens to me all the time. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, little tenacious D in the bowl. Beautiful. What about you? What's the first time you ever? Uh... California rolled or just didn't stop at a stop sign. Well, like Peekaboob said, uh, 
it's hard to remember, you know, because it's just, it's like the first time you really do roll a stop sign is if you if you're counting the California roll and all of that, it's like pretty early, you know. It's probably why you still have your permit. Uh, but the first time I really remember, like, oh shit, I ran a stop sign was in on some back roads. We drive in the country, and there were like a couple of roads that had hills you could jump and get airborne. Okay. And the easiest and best one, and ironically, the safest one, was this place uh, where the railroad tracks ramped up, and they were just like the railroad crossing was elevated, so it was just like a literal ramp. That was the best one because you could you'd only have to be doing like thirty five. Or 40 miles an hour to get all four wheels off the ground wow. <laughs> in a car. It was like, as far as hill jumps go, pretty safe relatively. I know that sounds fucking crazy, <laughs> but it's like, it might jack your car up, especially like your shocks and stuff, yeah. you know? But we used to find these hills where you'd have to get up to like 85, 90 or faster to actually go airborne. And you wouldn't go as high as this one because they were just like hills that topped off, right? But it, if you went fast enough, you could fly down the other side in the air. And then they were also a softer landing, too, because this inclination wasn't as steep, you know. But there was this one that we jumped. And then on the other side, didn't know, there's a stop sign. And the cross traffic didn't stop. And so it was just like, land on the other side of this hill. The stop sign's ahead. There's just no way to stop for it. Like, slam on the brakes, rubber through the intersection. And luckily, it wasn't, like, a busy road. It's out in the country, you know? Okay. So, it wasn't, like, cars coming. But it was hard to tell because of tree lines along the road, too. Like, you can actually tell. So, we just left some rubber behind us in the uh, intersection. And, yeah, we, we took that hill off of our list. Jeez. Took the hill off our list. Really, the railroad track became sort of, like just the default because everything else is a little too crazy. Mm. The speed that you have to hit is insane. Yeah. Mm. Well, I'm glad I wasn't in that car. First time I ever experienced a hill jump, I was like in the back (laughs) of an SUV and the senior was driving. I was just a freshman. It's like some swimmers, you know, and it was just one of those moments. You know, sometimes these moments in high school, especially when I was coming off of being homeschooled. This is my first year back in like society. uh, As far as the public school thing went, you know, Yes, indoctrination camp. Exactly. And you think all that shit really matters and like packing orders and oh, like, yeah. so, social Posturing. status and bullshit, you know. And I was pretty sure we were going to fucking either die or wind up in the hospital. If I just like put my seatbelt on and was just like, well, they've done it before. Like, I don't know. I was just like, I was so, tight. <laughs> so dumb when I was 14 that I was just like happy to be there. You know what I mean? Ooh. I was like just happy that they like invited me along for this crazy shit and uh it ended up being fine but god he it was in his mom's explorer that we were jumping and just oh. fucking he was hard on that car bro i tell you that tell sounds you that. like it yeah crazy. not my kid crazy crazy times man when you're 14 you're pretty fucking dumb that's all i can tell you from experience yeah yeah 14's a tough age yeah barely a teen nowhere near an adult very hormonal Woo! Well, the next time uh, you catch your 14-year-old hill jumping in your nice Ford Escape, uh, or your nice Ford Exploder, I mean. <laughs> Exploder? What you do is you just say, uh, yeah, Fuck it, dude. Let's go bowling. Oh, yeah. Well, while I'm putting my bowling shoes on, 
what should her next first time I ever be? Oh, yeah. Uh, well, we had one picked out, right? It was the oh. first time I ever watched a training video, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. That's right. But the one that we wrote down from today's was uh, first time I ever was in a car accident. Well, but we just did car today. Yeah, so, so it's a, a one for later. And then the Rev suggested one in the chat, which was uh, first time I ever quit a job like a boss. Oh, yeah. Which is great stories all write around. write that down. Um, and then I have one I would like to add to the list while I'm thinking of it, and that's first time I ever had phone sex. Okay. Just put that on the back burner for a while. Oh, C-dubs would, like, first time I ever deja vu'd. First time I ever deja vu'd. That's a great one, because then we can pull that back out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's a... If it were a long run game, long game, yeah, F tie. Uh, I feel comfortable saying it out loud behind the curtain because nobody will remember. No, I know that it's coming. All right, yeah, I'm all laced up now. All so right. let's see. Oh, 33 million pounds of cocaine was found under a load of onion rings on its way to Kent. Yeah. Okay, I guess uh, there might not have been any onion rings in the box. It was just disguised as onion rings. Uh, But unfortunately, it was uncovered by border force officers, which is why we're hearing about it. Sorry to the cock in Kewok over there. Your 33 million British pounds of coke are, uh, they're taken. The royalty of Kent is not going to be seeing it, you know? (laughs) But I thought that was interesting. Uh, disguising it as onion rings. I thought that was clever. I wouldn't have thought to look in a box of onion rings. Uh, but yeah, so investigators yeah, a, from... Glyph's got a clever operation going over there, man. Well, and a fall guy, too, because investigators <laughs> from the National Crime Agency charged a Polish lorry driver for attempting to smuggle the drugs into Kent, where CSB. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and that dude must appear before the Crown Court next month. So Uh-oh. that's too bad, but uh, 33 million pounds of snow falling towards Kent is pretty cool. It's all right. Yeah. I like seeing a story about powder that's not fentanyl. <laughs> no doubt. So, anyway, uh, here's a big story this week. While renovating a manor house still across the pond in Yorkshire, England, uh, these folks were removing some wall plaster when they found wall-to-ceiling paintings dated somewhere between 1540 and 1580. Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, the paintings feature swirls, birds with teeth, and tiny men in hats. <laughs> Sounds a little creepy to me. Yeah. Um, but they were pretty faded. Um, they were red, black, and white. Still creepy sounding. That actually made it a little bit creepier. Yeah. You know? um, and it says that they are in typical grotesque style. Hmm. The Italian style fashioned after a royal palace of Roman Emperor Nero. So, yeah, the paintings and manor will be restored via public donation. Cool. Yeah. That's a fun... I love those treasure stories. Like, it was behind the wall. Oh, my God. I always want to find treasure. (laughs) Yeah, but you never want to buy an old house. So, it's never going to happen. Never going to happen. You want to build your own house. Bury your own treasure. Listen, you motherfuckers. I'm going to build my own house. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Venomous sharks were found in uh, London's Thames River. These stories are all coming from across the pond this week. 
venomous they sharks. Venomous sharks. Oh. Called a spur dog. <laughs> like, can a shark get any scarier? Yes. Oh, I Turns love out. sharks. Once I learned about sharks, they stopped being scary to me and kind of pathetic instead. Like, especially that shark that can't stop swimming or it'll die. Yeah. Like, that's so sad. What a sad existence. Those poor, lowly sharks. Boneless sharks. You know, they're just mean and dumb. And I mean, they're not mean. Like, they'll just eat whatever if they bump into it. But just hit them really hard in the nose, you know? Works every time. Oh, okay. Just kidding. Just kidding. Got I've it. never had a run in with a shark. Just hit him in the nose. Okay, got it. I've also never watched Jaws in its entirety, just the good parts. So... I don't know. Won't someone please think of the sharks? Yeah, poor little sharky sharks. But in 1957, uh, the River Thames was declared biologically dead. Now it's home to seahorses, eels, seals, and a bunch of different types of sharks. Sharks. Yeah, the spur dog's just one of them. And uh, I guess they're quite slender, and they only grow up to a max of 48 inches long. But their spines, they have spines that are covered in venom. And uh, they won't kill you. They'll just cause some pain and swelling if you touch them. But they're mm. usually found in deep water. So what they're doing in the river, I don't know. Kind of interesting. Yeah. I got another, uh, I got a clip about some uh, animals you probably don't want to have a run-in with in Florida. The snake here, which was humanely euthanized, is massive. Its size is emblematic of the problem they pose to our ecosystem. The invasive Burmese python is decimating native wildlife. In fact, it's easier to say what they don't eat than what they do eat. These animals are eating all through the food web, and there are repercussions. That's why Ian Bartizek and his team work to capture and remove the pythons, and they're creative in how they do it. This will be surgically implanted. They place these radio transmitters inside male pythons. They're scout snakes. And during the breeding season, using a directional antenna, the males will lead them straight to the female. This past season, they put 10 more scout snakes out into the wild. They were able to track down and remove 4,000 pounds of python. 82 <laughs> eggs inside just one female Burmese python. Whoa. Yeah. 82 eggs? Oh, my God. Yeah, they were cutting it open on the video, and they said she was a real big mama, but yeah, 82 eggs, 82 pythons being created if you don't catch them. Damn. Crazy. So. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. They they eat the animals. Right. What about the animals? (laughs) What about the animals? We got to get the big snakes so they don't get eaten. (laughs) We're too close to the zoo. What about the aminals? Yeah, all the wildlife of Florida going into the long, slithery belly of a Burmese python. Who'd have uh, thunk? Who would have? Who would have thunk? So, yeah, it was crazy. I didn't know they had a problem like that going on down there. And I would hate to run into one of those big motherfuckers. Man, no doubt. This, this female snake was like 15 feet long. 150 pounds. Long thing. Oof. Humanely euthanized. Do long it to all and, of them. Long and wrong, man. Long and wrong. Yeah. Well, a good story came out this week, it looks like. Uh, the world's most premature baby defied uh, sub-1% survival odds and went on to break the Guinness World Record because of that survival. Mm, that's a good one. Yeah. Sorry, you made me change the... <laughs> Oh, yes, all the banks on the machine. Yeah, the sounds I, was, are. I was down the street on the banks, baby. Yeah. 
Well, hey, this baby was born in Alabama exactly a month after the previous preemie record breaker. Wow. Who was born in Germany. So we got the win back in America. That's right. USA, baby. USA. USA. Yeah, this kid, uh, Curtis, he was born at 21 weeks in a day. Whoa. Almost 19 weeks premature. He weighed 420 grams. That's just over the halfway mark. Oh, 420 grams. Yeah. Oh. I know. Not 14.8 ounces, not even a full pound. A little baby, but fully, you know, like he looks like a baby. Yeah. The picture is so cute. And um, very tragically, he had a twin sister, um, but she didn't respond to the treatment in the NICU. Uh. And so she passed away the day after she was born. And the the hospital prepped this mom to lose them both, you know. Yeah. But nine months later, little Curtis went home. <laughs> wow. And uh, that was all made possible with like a really crazy regimen of medicine and special equipment, like a bottle oxygen tank, you know, to get him oxygen through like a bottle. Interesting. And uh, I believe he's still on a feeding tube. Damn. Um, but the mom said he's full of energy. And, you know, just hitting his milestones like all the other kids did. That's good. So, yeah. Uh, they released, they or maybe gave her the record plaque on what would have been his birthday, November 11th. So, I thought that was cute and sweet. And I'm really happy. I love seeing the little babies get better all the time. Yes. But, man, I feel like there's some crazy womb trauma if you lose a twin. You know, it's like that connection. Yeah. Follow you through life. You're haunted. Automatically haunted. Phoenix wants to know how big the boy is now. Oh, he's huge. He is. What do you think? Like 16 pounds? I'm not sure. We haven't thrown him on a scale in a long time, but... Uh, he's eating applesauce yeah. as well as the titty milk now, so... He's doing good. He's, he's not, still not crawling. Not crawling. I always yet. think like, he skydives. I always think like any day he's gonna crawl, and I've thought that for like a month now. Yeah, me too. When he's on his tummy, he'll like lift everything up: his head, his arms, his legs, just in the air, and just we call it skydiving. And he does yeah. look like he's skydiving. And I'm like, and then he'll like damn. kick the ground behind him, and then sometimes he'll get up on his knees, but he never moves from it. Nope. No. No sure crawling yet, but um. I don't know. He kind of cr- he can crawl on like <laughs> soft surfaces. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I really got you there. Yeah, you did. No, he can crawl on blankets and beds, <laughs> sort of. He can move. It's like you'll come back and he moved, but you don't see how he did it. He can <laughs> yeah. rotate. He can rotate. Yeah, and he he's mastered rolling for a long time, but he's getting vocal too with the. He's starting to get the muh sound and the duh sound. So, like, when he gets real upset, he'll say, Mom. Yep. I've heard it. You've heard it. And it's like, I don't know if it counts as a word because it's only when he's, like, getting real frustrated. And I'm like, no, you just ate a bunch of, you had the titty milk, you had some applesauce. I'm going to put you down for a minute. You got to practice crawling. Then he goes, Mom, I got to record him sometime and prove it. But he started saying duh today, too. So, yeah. Yeah. I think he'll finally, he'll be the first kid who, whose first word is mom instead of dad or dog, as our very first child went with dog. So, well, not a dog, but a roadrunner hitched a ride from Nevada to Maine in a moving van this past week. It was stuck in that van for four days, but it is all right, despite losing some weight. 
Yep. Uh, yeah, maybe that's what I need to do. Get in a van for four days. <laughs> Take your van down by the river and just down sit there and don't eat anything. <laughs> don't eat a damn thing. Get my dad got off. Yeah, well, you could always go swimming somewhere or walk. You know, you could go to the zoo and just walk around. That would be fine. Mm, sounds like fun. Oh, pitching with the housework. That's how I stay fit. Ah, that's All your secret. All the chores and carrying, the, oh, the wolf cub. I carry him everywhere in yeah. one arm, and then I do my work with the other arm. So, yeah. Uh, volunteers took the Roadrunner in up in Maine and brought him to a bird rehabilitation facility. And they plan to return him to Nevada, Nevada, once he's healthy enough. Excuse me, my Missouri came out there because we have a Nevada, Missouri. <laughs> yes, Not to be mispronounced as Nevada, it's Nevada. Here it's Nevada, there it's Nevada. Yeah. And then there's a there's a Haytime, Missouri, and a Versailles, Missouri. Yep. And then sometimes there's a ten point buck inside of a sanctuary. Nice. Yeah. This buck jumped through a window into a church, coincidentally, on opening day of uh, Michigan's firearm deer hunting season. Oh, man. He's claiming sanctuary. Yes. <laughs> yes. He's claiming sanctuary. So uh, pastors came in and were like, what the heck is this mess? Saw the buck. Tried to barricade it in the hallway. It ended up climbing up the stairs, jumping around the balcony, and they approached it, and it leapt through a window back out into the wild. Wow. But uh, it had no gunshot wounds, just glass damage, you know, just bleeding from the glass. They said, uh, other than the broken window, uh, the only other damage in the church was some blood stains on the carpet. Mm, that's not bad. No. Yeah, get that out. Easy. What Easy church peasy. doesn't have a couple blood stains on the carpet, right. you know? All right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly what I was going to say. Uh, this guy must have a hell of an ambiance in his uh, Vader vault, which he has moved from D.C. to South Texas. 70,000 Darth Vader items okay. that this man has collected over his life. I don't know what to hit. <laughs> yeah, whoa. Uh, That's a tie ball. <laughs> sorry, Texas, for uh, a couple from D.C. moving into you. Um, also, whoa, 70,000 items. That's a lot. He said uh, he spent over $270,000 on this collection. And it has everything from toys to paintings, unique helmets, and etc. Not oh. very descriptive. Etc. <laughs> is my favorite part of the Vader collection. Yes. No doubt. Uh, one item... He takes particular pride in is an original stage performance helmet from George Lucas's super live adventure in Japan. That's pretty dope. That is dope. Yeah, George Lucas, super live <laughs> adventure, <laughs> Japan. Uh, yeah, not so dope. Florida police are looking for anyone possible to help id a victim from their tattoo after they found body parts floating in a bay oh no yeah and it bums me out because like i saw the tattoo and it's a heart it's three hearts uh with light blue ribbons on them and then the ribbons have names sean greg and zach and i thought oh, it's a parent that was my first thought. You know, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's the three children. I mean, I guess it could have been like three husbands maybe also could be potential. Mm. Um, but Or brothers. I don't know. But, man, 
If you know someone who has that tattoo on their right lower right calf, uh, get in touch with Tampa PD. Or don't. It's uh, Chris at the very, very beginning of his voicemail. It was me and two chicks. <laughs> <laughs> Whose names were Greg and Zach? <laughs> no, the tattoo. The three hearts. Oh, yeah. But then there's names, the names on the hearts. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. It was a gutter ball. Market zero. You're right. Market zero. (laughs) Over the line. Yeah. You're always sneaking details in that I'm not paying attention to. It's hard to pay attention behind the bowl. I mean, behind the curtain. (laughs) You get behind the bowls, you get behind the curtain. You you gotta get behind the bowl or else the bowl will get behind you. The bowl will get behind you, that's for sure. (laughs) Yeah, well, you know, that's just like... uh, your opinion, man. Well, this is not my opinion. Something very stupid got behind this next man who was intoxicated and decided to walk into the Catskill, New York Police Department. Great idea. Uh, not. No. Uh, he then became confrontational with officers. Great idea. Not. No. They decided to subdue him with tasers. Because they oh, thought God. he was, you know, endangering himself. And this motherfucker burst into flames. What? Yes. <laughs> okay, I'm not going to lie. Apparently. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Apparently, this dude doused himself with hand sanitizer. Oh, my God. Before no they taste him. And it's unclear when he did this. Like, did they watch him do it and then tase him? Because that he, seems like some baiting? criminal charges, right? I, they no one knows. Oh this, man, that's you know, really it's weird. Unclear. The details not come out, but he is uh, currently in intensive care, as you might imagine, um, but still alive. Last I checked. Can you imagine being the dudes, the dude that tased him? They'd be like, uh, they're trying to fuck with us. <laughs> My God, I. Can't imagine that. Yeah, no, that's rough, dude. No, that is pretty rough. I, I saw that. I said, "Man, taste burst into flame." I was like, "What? <laughs> what? Non-lethal? Non-lethal? Happen? You can't." <laughs> and my final story of the night is that the heart of America, or the country's population center, has been announced, and it's once again in Missouri, in the tiny town of Hartville. Yeah, Missouri Smash. Yes. This town is so small. They only have 613 residents, and they don't have a city website. So now is this the population center of the country? Which is calculated and released every decade after the census is taken, and it identifies the average point where Americans live. I see. It's an average. Okay. And uh, I was going to say, I was like really wondering how that's all calculated, but that makes sense. Yeah, it seems kind of weird because I, I don't know. I was thinking of like weight of all Americans when we're talking about averages, and I was like, huh, okay, well, turn the pounds into uh, coordinates on the map, and here we are in Missouri now. <laughs> um, yeah. But I've always called Missouri the heart of America well, since I moved here, and I was right. I didn't even know it. Yep. But since that ni- was the uh, Boy Scout Council that we grew up in, Heart of America Council. Oh, that's cute. Since 1980, Missouri has been the heart of America. And uh, I guess it, the average here shows that the population center has 
shifted less over the last decade than at any time in the last century uh, and is farther south than ever. And wow. uh, I would just say that's because of all the anti-baby propaganda that's been released, you know? Probably right. Folks not wanting to have babies, wanting to be professional students. We need babies. But yes, of course, we need We still have to babies. make children. We do. We do. Uh, and uh, Hartville's going to get a monument in the spring cool. for being the population center of the United States of America. I've always wanted a monument. This is what you wanted. Oh, I'll make you a monument. <laughs> a mon- After I make that art for uh, Ablecraft. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you got to... Uh... I'll play you the song over and over. Yeah. Got to get in my head. Get it deep into my soul. Really feel that shit. Better marinate on it. That's right. I will. I will. Well, Bowlers, thanks for marinating on us for a Tuesday night again. Great having you. Yes, happy Token Tuesday. Always a lovely time here in the bowl. We'll be back at it. Same stony time, same stony station. Until then, I've been Sir Spencer of Wolf of Kansas City. I've been Dame DeLorean. And until we see you again, may your bowls burn ever brighter. <laughs> Lots of weed. Let's blame it on the weed, everybody. Cannabis use disorder, also known as CUD. It's so overtly sexual. Yeah, you'd love it. That's why his body fell apart. Bowl after bowl.com.